welcome back to another Gloves Down, Beers Up, man. I got Rocky with me from Spanish Fly. I'm not going to say the real Spanish Fly, bro, because I think everybody knows who is Spanish Fly, right? L let, me, let me ask you this. Um, is it... Is it insulting, do you think, when somebody goes to you and says, SF Spanish fly, and then you have to correct them by saying the real Spanish fly? That's the most, that's the most awesomest question anybody has ever asked me so far in an interview, my brother. <laughs> it really is. It really is. Because, uh, yes, it is, man. Think about it. If you created something... And the intellectual property of what you created was distorted somehow. You know what I'm saying? It was it was altered or, you know, somebody put something else in it to kind of try to cover up the origin of where it came from. Mm -hmm. And then it was actually exploited, you know, like my my brand is, was exploited. Right. Then hell yes, bro. It bothers me a lot. And there's a lot of shit that comes along with that, too. A lot of, oh, I bet. you know, drama, bro. <laughs> I bet. But, be you know, <clears throat> before we get ahead of ourselves and we get into all of that, yeah. let's mm -hmm. let, let me ask you, um, where is where do you come from? Where does Rocky come from? Like, what is your background? What you know, your childhood, bro? You know, where did where did where did the, the, <clears throat> the, the music bug uh, uh, bite you and, and, and you you figured out you had this talent? Another good question. Yeah, man. So. What it is is that I grew up, you know, uh, pretty dysfunctional mm -hmm. as a child, bro. I'm gonna be honest with you. Keep it. You said I could keep it real, 100, real, a raw yeah. nut cut, and that's what this is all about, you know. Um, yeah. So my history growing up, I grew up on the street, pretty much, bro. I grew up. In, I'm a product of the system, right. in that sense. But at the same time, my folks, my parents, you know, they are in my life. Um, I do have a falling out with my dad, but when I grew up, um, as I was growing up as a young man, I grew up around music all my life. I mean, as a young man, uh, my dad was a phenomenal musician, but he was like the Papa, the Rolling Stone Papa. You know what I'm uh, saying? Yeah. Like, he was, yeah. He was always out there, you know, doing his music and, and doing gigs and, and, you know, he could play every instrument, sing and write. And, uh, you know, he played with, with the best, the greats, War, Malo, you know, all the all those type of bands back in the day, man. Uh, George Clinton. You know, I mean, he played with everybody. So is that um, when so, you started watching? That's where you started watching and started, like, getting the understanding of music? Is that... I mean, you got to say that's... Your, that's where I started. Right. Yeah, that's where I started getting my exposure at six years old. I got exposure, uh, you know, well, as far as I can remember, but six years old is when I first got on the mic. You know what I'm saying? I got on the mic, man, at an early age. My dad... You know, he had his own studio in his garage. And this is where it goes, where I say it goes dysfunctional, because mm -hmm. since my dad was always on the road, you know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, but when he came home, going back to that real quick story, when he came home, you know, uh, he was always in the garage, you know, with his studio. Uh -huh. And uh, six years old when, I, when he first threw me on the mic, you know, because I was always wanting to spend time with my dad, man. Right, right. <laughs> like any other little boy, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And so he was like, well, dude, if you're going to want to spend time with me, then you need to get a, you need to jump on the microphone. And so, you know, that was when I first learned how to freestyle on the mic, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so was he, was your dad one of these perfectionists? Uh, you know, cause I know most artists are the most critical 
people and, and yeah. actually every artist uh are very very sensitive am i right or am i wrong very sensitive people. no you're you're not wrong bro right you're not wrong but at the same time what happens is that the art it it uh suffocates a lot of the the uh how do i how would i say emotional um um issues that artists have and so what happens is we hide behind our music sometimes and we forget that we got issues we're dealing with. So it comes out in our music. I only grew up with music, but I had natural uh, musical talent as well. So absolutely, man. Absolutely. So mm -hmm. let's let's move forward. I mean, let's go, uh, 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 you know, up the years. OK, uh, OK, here you are, a young guy. Freestyle music is all over in the 90s in San Jose, California. Well, wait, wait, wait. Let me cut you off real quick. Okay. I apologize. I want to cut you off because okay. I got to kind of lead up to what you're about to ask okay. you because Go ahead. I yeah. just want my, I want your viewers and your audience, the audience to know, <clears throat> to understand it. I, in, in the schooling system, I have an extensive uh, background in terms of musical training. Okay. So, I, I mean, I grew up with the arts, not just, I didn't just, you know, not just because of my father, but I had a lot of uh you know very very renowned um icon musical you know uh heroes i, I call them heroes mm -hmm. because around me all influential you know icons around me all the time so and so and 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 my schooling i had great teachers so you know i have a very extensive musical background with that said so yeah leading up to where you where you're going with that go ahead and, and ask me i just wanted to throw that in there what made you, I mean, because your dad was working with a lot of these great uh, artists. What made you go into like a niche uh, genre of music? Like why, why did you decide, hey, I'm going to try freestyle? I mean, was it because it was like a first love type of deal? Or did it grab you a certain way where you just got drawn towards it? I mean, you know, because, you know, freestyle is, it was a popular, you know, it was a popular genre, but it was a popular genre among like, like mostly Latinos at the time. And, and it was a very small crowd of Latinos. Well, I'm not going to say small, but in terms of what hip-hop and R&B were doing, that was, like, very minute, right? Yeah, um, well, let me, let me touch on that. What it is is that freestyle, first of all, is an urban genre, okay? It's an urban style of music genre. And I say urban in terms of the rawness of the, of the drums, the bass, you know, the style of, of, the, of the type of music. So with that said, is that it, uh, that's, that's where freestyle in my, in my journey comes in because, um, man, I had a thought I lost it, but <laughs> what it is, is that, right. yeah, man, sorry about that. No worries. That, that, freak, that happens frequency, frequency, frequently, because I, when I'm doing an interview, uh -huh. I got my kids in the background trying to come in. <laughs> I already told them, get out of the, get out of, get out of my studio, get out of the studio while I'm doing an interview. <laughs> but uh they, they throw confusion in there no so um yeah but what happened was this bro is that uh oh that's what i was gonna say um i don't want to i i want everyone to understand that uh freestyle wasn't necessarily latino mm. it's just it it, it w us as latinos embraced it in in terms of our area where we live you know because right. i grew up in san jose california and there's a lot of you know there's a big latino base uh, uh, you know, culture there. Right. You know, we got a lot of different types of Latinos, just like New York does. You know, we got Cubans, Mexicans. You know, 
We've got Nicaragua. You know, you got everything there. So, um, so what it was is that, like I said, right. yeah. So what it was is, like I said, is that since freestyle is an urban style of uh, genre of music, that was a real big, big type of, of of music in our area in San Jose, California. But going back to your question, um, uh, to you know, pinpoint it is that, like I said, I grew up dysfunctional. So at the time when I embraced freestyle, what it was was that I was on the streets. Right. All right. I was doing, I was 19. I was on the, actually, I'm sorry. I was 20. I was on the streets and, uh, but I, I was doing all different types of music. I was actually doing hip hop and R and B before I even, before I even, you know, decided to, uh, get into freestyle. I heard freestyle before, right. but my thing was uh, R and B and, uh, and, uh, hip hop, you know? So what happened was, you want me to get into the story? Oh yeah. I'm, 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 I'm listening. Go for it. Okay. So yeah. So what happened was is that um, at twenty, I, w- I was introduced to a uh, a lot of different types of freestyle um, with a lot of different friends that I was around all the time, DJs and and guys that were in in the studio all the time doing uh, different types of music. And one of my boys, his name is Richard Ramirez, out of San Jose. He introduced me to uh, um, some tracks from the Latin Rascals. Ah. I don't know if you remember. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah bro. Yeah. And I heard those tracks and then I heard, you know, some uh so just some different types of uh of of freestyle tracks and I I was I was amazed, bro. I was like, damn, this music what I loved about it was that the emotional the emotional uh 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 you know entrapment, I I, I say. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's like you hear it and first of all the drums are are, are sick, they're dope, right. right? They're deep, you know, raw. And then all of a sudden the lyrics and the vocals kick in, bro. And it, and it, and it's all about emotional and love, you know what I'm saying? Right. Something and that romantic. definitely we're missing nowadays. You know what I mean? Like the music nowadays doesn't even have an expression of the way we, you know, the, the way we were doing it back in those times, man. You know? Um, yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's, that's what drew me into freestyle. Right. So, I wasn't necessarily recording any free. Actually, I take it back. I was, I recorded, I had wrote one freestyle track uh-huh. because then I heard a, a George Lamont track. Uh, I think it was Bad of the Heart. That and I fell in love with Bad of the Heart. Yeah, man. And so I, I wrote a track called Arrow Through My Heart. I remember that and track. So, I, re- you really I remember that, that freaking track, bro. <laughs> I was at, first off, let me let people know. We we came across each other through the music scene because we had at one time or another used to uh, work with a particular guy that was a producer. Uh, well, was, he was trying to be a producer. Um, God, what was the kid's name, bro? Help me out here. Romas. 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 Rosa. Romas. Yes, Romas De La Rosa, who was uh, his dad. If you remember this, his dad didn't want us there because they were like Jehovah Witnesses or something. But the kid, was, yeah. the kid was talented. And I remember him. I remember him playing that track, "Arrow Through My Heart," and it had like a whip sound. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I forgot if I said "Arrow Through My Heart," and then all of a sudden, I remember yeah. that, bro. Yeah, that's great. So let's not. I, I want to throw. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. I want. I want. I was to say. I don't want to throw you off. Keep going, though. I want to keep keep going with the story. All right, but before I before I move on, I want to because I know my bro, he's gonna give me a uh, a hard time if I don't if I don't mention my brother. Uh, my brother is also a phenomenal 
uh, musician, but he's more of a, of a hip-hop musician, artist, okay. and rapper. He goes by Architect. Back in those days, I don't know if you remember, Ruben Ramos. You remember Ruben? Ruben. Yeah, My I brother. think I met your brother. I think I oh, met yeah. your brother before. I, I, and I think I met him with you. You, you was with you. If not, yeah. if it was so... Go ahead. Who's the one who introduced me to Romas? And I've had him him. Yeah, I've had him met him. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, so so going back to there, so that was when we met, and that's when the journey began. That's when the story kind of, it, that's where it takes its its part in, into freestyle. Because mm -hmm. uh, I was, I, I just fell in love with freestyle and just decided, you know what, as much as, as talented as I was in, in, in the hip hop and R&B genre, right. You know, cause I was doing some, some dope hip R&B and hip hop, but, but I just, man, I had to do some freestyles like, nah, man, but I gotta, I gotta record some freestyle. Right. <laughs> right. Right. So, so yeah, I used, uh, Romas's studio and we recorded that track. And so I submitted that track to upstairs records, John Lopez. Okay. Hold on. Let's, let's put this back up real quick. So was okay. it Arrow Through My Heart you submitted to him, or was it the actual Precious song? Which one was it? Okay, so that's just it. Um, I had did a lot of demos with Romas, and right. I came. I had a like a whole, I think it was a, a full album pretty much, mm -hmm. with his songs uh, of, of mine, just all nothing but tracks. Mm -hmm. A lot of R&B stuff, but some freestyle stuff, and uh, I really wanted him to hear Arrow Through My Heart, because that was when... So let me back up. Before I met uh, Upstairs Records, the people at Upstairs Records, right? Um, I had heard Days, uh, a track called "Girl," right, uh, on the radio, and uh, that track was so dope, dude. The drums. See, this is a, a one thing. And let me just throw this in real quick before I go on. The one thing that I have a pet peeve about is this s this s this East and West. Mm. Type of you know battle back and forth between you know who's better who's who's you know yeah, who's done it better and who's yeah I, I totally yeah. agree yeah absolutely yeah you know this like oh well we created it we're you know we're first and to me you know I honestly missed me with all that shit because for me I'm like bitches y'all don't realize and I'm gonna keep it 100 y'all don't realize is that I didn't even know what the fuck y'all was doing I'm just doing me I'm just doing what I was created to do, and it comes out this way. And to me, it, there was no comparison in terms of the, the, the our style, as they say, right. as, into their style. I thought it was all it's, all, it's all sounds dope to me. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so when I heard Girl, I actually thought it was a, an East Coast track. I think everybody mm -hmm. thought that. And everybody was like, what? He's from, he's from the Bay, you know, and, and the record companies in San Jose. And let me throw, let me throw this in there really quick too. The yeah, this soundtrack though was a different sound. When yes, that when that the, that that roll of the beat of the drums in the beginning that had like a a hip hop feel. I remember that. I remember going like, "Oh shit, okay." Because I'm gonna jump into a story, then we'll go back to what you were talking about. Uh, yeah, go for it. So here we are in the '90s, and we're. I was in a group at the time with, 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 with uh, a friend of mine, a very good friend of mine, who I've known for years since like kindergarten, Jose Reyes, which everybody called him Pepe. And, and, oh, Jose, yeah. and, and me and Jose in the, in the parking lot, uh, what soon would be across the street would be San Jose Live, but it wasn't there yet. So you only had like that club, the Mirage, 
And then uh, I forgot what other club was up the street, but you had like D.B. Coopers. And we're in the parking lot, and then here you come, walking around the corner, and you were by, I think you were by yourself. And Jose, you know, you knew, you and Jose knew each other, and you came up to us, and you start talking about Spanish Fly. And you had um, a bracelet. I don't know if you remember. It was a bracelet that was made out of a, 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 a fucking a, a, like string. You know the ones you would get when you're, when you're locked up? When you're in prison and shit in, you would send to your family or your old lady, like, oh, I yeah, love yeah. you. You had one that right, said right, right. Spanish right, fly. Right. And you were telling right. us this. And I remember you were telling us about it, but you know, but you had no tape. There was no way of playing the song. And we all go into this club and you, you know, talking about it and you were super excited. Like, yo, you, you said, hey man, watch, this is going to come out. And when it's going to come out, it's going to hit everywhere. But this is at a time, like, everybody in San Jose knew somebody that knew that person. You know what I mean? It was always like, oh, hey, I, I got hooked up with Babyface. It was always that, yeah, whatever. So I remember me and Jose were like, whatever, and bang, dude. You had told us, too. You're like, watch, the end of this month, my song's going to come out. And sure, sure wow. enough, it comes out. And it comes out with a bang. And I remember that beat when it was rolling out. I was like, oh, dude, yeah. This dude came out with a really different sound for, for freestyle, which we called high energy there in the Bay Area. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this. I'm not one to, to be – I hate arrogancy, and I hate, I hate the braggadocious type of character. I'm going to tell you the truth. But I'm going to let loose on this on the, in this interview because I'm going to keep it real with you, bro. I – Bro, precious to me, dude. It said so many things to so many people in so many ways that that's the reason why precious was a hit. But it, but in terms of like I say, the east and the west thing, right? It didn't get that. It didn't get that uh, at the time. Mm -hmm. Didn't get uh, the uh, the recognition that it deserved in in that in that momentum because of the simple fact of the the style of precious. Mm. And you know what I'm talking about, right? Because it had that my it didn't have those underground those underground drums like a lot of the the freestyle did at that time, right? Like, it had like, that, like sample track that everybody it had. Yeah, it had that Miami bass, right? You know that that Miami bass feel. You yeah. feel me? Yeah. And so that's why San Jose was all up on top of that track because of it, and the and the surrounding all Cali was was about that track, right? And uh, and then it made its way to the East Coast. And just and it just you know did damage. So, but I just want to say, like, uh, dude, I remember when that track came out. Before I get into what you were asking me, but when that track came out, I was actually I got off of work, and uh, when it came out on the radio, I got off of work. I was driving. I had a jalopy, bro. <laughs> One of those big ass. I don't remember <laughs> even what if it was a Cutlass or what the hell. I just remember it was a big ass car. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and. Uh, Man, I got off work. I was driving home, and or to my girl's house, I think. And uh, it was about eight o'clock in the evening. I think it was. Man, that was. It was no. I take it back. It was about seven, six or seven. Uh -huh. And uh, I'm at a stoplight, bro. And all of a sudden, bro, out of nowhere, on your local top, the top radio station in that area, hot ninety seven point seven. Yeah. <laughs> I hear my my song just bust out, dude. Uh, you know. Uh, this is and this is uh your local boys, you know, Spanish fly and whatever and how they announced and everything yeah. and they played the track, bro. And at that moment, dude, I just I never felt the, that feeling in my life ever again, bro. It's like take, you know take, what I'm saying? You hear take me through that, bro. Take, take us through that. Like, okay, so here you are. 
at a stop sign or stoplight, like you were saying, the song comes on. Was it surreal for you? Like, did did it take you a minute to go like, bro, this is this is me. This is my. This is what I've been working for. I'm finally here. Is it? Was it your I, I have arrived moment? In that sense, since I was a twenty year old, a twenty year twenty year old young man, right? I mean, imagine. You know how what kind of energy we had back in those days right. at that age. So for me, it was like, yeah, man, it was like, like I, I'm gonna tell you what happened. It's like it's it was like out of the movies. I um I immediately I was at a stoplight on a turn signal, okay, and it was red. It was a stop a stoplight red red stoplight, and I just I put the car in park. As the song was playing, and I jumped out of my car, dude, and I did this, you know what I'm saying? This, this, woo this, this dance, bro. Right, right. <laughs> I didn't give a shit that I was holding up traffic, bro. Wow, that's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. So it was one of those type of moments. I jumped back in the car, man, and, and I, you know, I rode, I rode to my, my song the whole, the whole journey back to my, my girl's, my girl's spot. But yeah, man, it was crazy. So was it was it um, John Lopez that got that reached out to you after you sent the the demo in? I mean, what song was it that grabbed their ear where they said, "Hey, let's bring this guy in. Let's let's bring him in. Let's let's find out what he's all about." Oh wait, wait! I want to say something. That song before before I answer that question, that song right there was the lowrider jam of that summer, bro. Let me tell oh, you. Right yeah, now. bro, it was bumping everywhere. Yep, it was everywhere. bumping everywhere. There was there was no there was no airspace you can get away from Precious on that on that summer. There was just none, you know. <laughs> I definitely exactly, you know. I definitely definitely remember that man because you were uh yeah. bro, you were a proud son of San Jose for that. I mean, you made a lot of us feel, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the guys that were were working to get try to get something out, whether it was hip hop, rap, gangster rap, high energy freestyle, whatever pop, whatever you were thinking. When you came out, it was like a moment for us to go like, that's one of us. That's one of our guys, you know, that, that, yeah, that, did, that did it. Yeah, because, you know, you know, you know, to touch on that, it's, I remember be, right before I, uh, I was, uh, um, that job, when the, my track came out, I had another job. I worked for Kraft Foods. I was working for Kraft Foods as a, I don't remember, I was a, a, a boxer or a, I don't know what, I was a warehouse guy okay. at Kraft Foods. And, I was in, uh, I was at lunch, and this is before my song had came out, and this is actually be even when before I was on, I was homeless on the streets, but I had that job, right. and I remember I was struggling, bro, struggling hard, and I knew what I wanted to become. So I'll just tell you this real quick story, and I, I had mentioned to a couple of guys in the in the break room in the lunchroom, I was like, man, I'm, you know what? Because I was the type of dude that when I saw something and I, I knew I wanted something, I would go after it and I'd become it. Right. And I told this guy, these guys in the break room, man, you know what? I'm going to become a star. I'm going to become, I'm going to become a, a famous singer. And you guys are going to know me here in San Jose. Yeah, so there was really, there was, really, this is before, yeah, no, go ahead. What are you going Yeah, this is before um, I even pursued Upstairs Records. This is before the song even came out. Way before. And uh, I remember what happened when I said that the guys in the break room, two guy, a couple of guys were laughing at me, bro. They were like, ha, 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 ha. Uh, yeah, okay, sure. You know, they did that whole thing, that whole thing laughing at me, bro. And see, for me, I was the type of guy that for me, that was fuel for the flame. Like it would always be like, I'm going to prove these motherfuckers wrong. Like I was that type of dude. 
And so I was like, all right, let's see what's up. And so that was motivation, the motivation that I need to put my money where my mouth was. Right. And that's what exactly what I did. You know, I got, I was in that struggling homeless situation. And I said, you know what? I'm going to become a singer. Fuck this. The world's going to know who I am. At that time, that's, you know, that's, that's the kind of energy I had. So, so, so I was going to ask you, so that, this was really not like a, you know, make it or break it. This was a, I need to make it. I'm homeless. I, I, I got to get out of my, my situation. There was no, there was no, it was not an option. Right. It wasn't an option. Exactly. So everything that, because I mean, you weren't working. It wasn't like you were homeless and not, you know, collecting cash uh-huh. or nothing like that. You were working. I was, homeless. I was homeless because of the situation prior to got me homeless because when I had uh, got out of high school, mm-hmm. I had went to L.A. I went to L.A. to become an actor. This is what made me homeless. Oh. I had become, I went to L.A. to become an actor. And when I did that, I got into, don't, don't get me twisted, I actually got into uh, 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 the Arsenio Hall show as one of those, uh, those kids in the background, you know, when he used to, he used to open up his show and, and you would see the kids on the commercials in the background. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like introducing the, the, the next star. I was one of those kids in, on his show. Yeah. But what happened was, is that I ended up in LA homeless because I went out there just saying, I'm going to make it, you know, it is trying to right. fulfill the dream. Right. And uh, I had a lot, a lot of potential opportunities, but what ended up happening was I got discouraged and I wanted to, I was anxious. I didn't want to pay the price. I was just anxious, but right. I wanted to get into it because of my situation. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to go back to San Jose and I'm going to try doing it in San Jose with music. So when I did that, I went back to my, my, my house, but my dad, mm-hmm. he didn't want, he didn't want me back in the house because, you know, he had just got a new girlfriend. He was on his own trip. My mom was, went to Mexico. It was like, I didn't have a place to go. So, you know, I had, I have, I found myself on the street. You know how it is. That's fucking rough. Uh, That's rough. rough. Yeah. Yeah. You're working and what, everything, all the money you're making is going to to music. Is that, is that what you're doing? You know, I mean, obviously you're feeding yourself and you're keeping yourself up, but the majority of your, what your checks is going to the studio. Is that what's going on? Yeah. Well, I was paying Romas. I was paying Romas for for those checks. So, you know, to help me. So yeah. And gas and, you know, food and feeding myself. And eventually, you know, I had that girlfriend that went up staying with, you know what I'm saying? But Mm -hmm. you know how it is when you're young, you know, you're young. You're, you don't know how to, how to manage a relationship. No, you know, no, especially if you were, if you were a young G player like me in San Ho. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So again, let's go back with, uh, uh, them upstairs records based out of San Jose who had days with, was a hit artist for them. And that kind of put them on the map. Who reaches out to you? Is it one of his uh, guys that worked upstairs at the record shop, or was it John Lopez, the owner upstairs, to reach out to you? So they, so yeah, so that's a good question because they didn't reach out to me. I reached out to them, mm. and you know how it is. It's like when somebody doesn't know what you're about, you sometimes have to make people know what you're about. You know what I'm saying? Because because you know you're you're cooking. You're in the you're in the kitchen cooking shit up. Nobody knows what what your you know your product's gonna taste like. Until you get it out, you know what I'm saying, to the to the restaurants, you know what I'm saying, right. to get it out to the masses. And so so what it was is that, uh, like I said, I was in, uh, I did those demos with Romas. And so I, fi- I finished them. And so my goal was when I heard Days and where that, I was just surprised that, that uh, Upstairs Records was in my hometown. I was like, 
So you're talking to some people. Romas would tell. I think he's the one who told me this guy. These people are from San Jose, bro. And I'm like, nah, no way. So they did a show at Studio 47, and that's when I hit him up. I was like, that name in years, man. Studio 47. <laughs> my first gig. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my first gig. But yeah, bro. Um, so I went there and I kept I caught Mellow Man Ace. I caught I caught uh Days, I caught Club Nouveau, I caught I caught a uh, um um man, all, just a, a bunch of other uh, uh groups that were there that night. Mm -hmm. And uh I was like the type of dude, bro. This is me. I'm the type of dude where you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna know me if 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 I was hungry, right? I was very eager, very determined, and so I made them see my face and hear my voice. And so I sang on the spot to them, you know, uh, uh, acapella. I gave them my my track, my my CD, or not at that time. It was on it was on uh, uh, cassette tape. <laughs> I gave them, I submitted my my cassette tape, and I was like, "Please listen to it." And so um, you did like a boys the men type of deal when they ran into Michael Bivens. You were like, "I'm gonna you know I'm gonna sing for you acapella." Do you do you remember what you sang for them acapella? I really don't. I think it was a uh, um, just like the wind by. Uh, by Peter Fontaine. Oh wow! Because I had that that track down packed. That's a I had that badass track. track. That's a yeah. To this day, yeah. I still play that song. You know that that was my shit, man. Yeah. And so I had that song. Like the way I was taught that if you want to be great, you have to follow the greats. Right. You have to listen to the greats, and you have to you know emulate the greats. You know, and 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 all kind of variety of the greats. And so that's what would make who you were uniquely, you know, that's what made me uniquely because I had a bunch of different variety of spices that I took and I, you know, I emulated and I, and I just, I had that song down packed so much that actually they thought that I was Peter Fontaine at the time <laughs> when I was singing. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, so, yeah. So here you are now was Precious already written. Was this song that you had in your back pocket or was this something that they're like, okay, let's get you in the studio and this is what you came up with? So, no. So, what happened was, this is what's up, is that since I submitted them all, all my music, uh -huh. right, they loved my music. They believed in me. They, they caught on to me quick and they wanted to sign me, uh, well, pretty much overnight, they wanted to sign me. But we needed, they wanted to have a product first before they actually, you know, committed. Because those... Yeah, because in those days, it was like, you know what I'm saying? Put your money where your mouth is or you ain't real. Right. In those days, we were all about it. And so, long story short, man, um, what, what happened was is that, remember how political shit was back then? See, I was naive and young, so I didn't, I didn't think about that stuff. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to get in the studio, you know, record uh, a phenomenal music and just and, and, and fly and go. And so what happened was is that they wanted to to have uh, ownership and precedence over the music and an executive, you know, right over the all the music. Right. That's what that's what their thing was. Me, I didn't really give a shit. I just wanted to become a star. Right. And I wanted to get yeah, you know, just get out there. And so I yeah, because when you're a kid, when you're a kid, you think that okay, once once it's uh, you're in the studio and you're getting and you're getting it press and you're going to get out there your your mind is thinking you're going to start rolling in with all this money, but they don't 
explain yeah. to you how these royalties and how the you know the the publishing rights and all this other shit that comes in a you know comes into to, in, into fruition of what you're signing on to you know but i don't want to get I, so keep going what you're saying yeah no you're right you're absolutely correct it's 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 a political game um when you're naive i'll say it like that you know what i'm saying nowadays it's different because you're actually your own brand your own product you know you have govern government over your own you know your own right. brand and your own thing right you have more uh, control of what you think yeah control but back in those days the the uh, the record companies whether it was an independent or a major they didn't want you to feel that way they wanted you to feel like you were a slave to their authority it's that simple as an artist and right. uh but at but they would still do it like a conniving you know a wolf they oh, would yeah, they would you know, fucking like, like, take you out to dinners and, you know, exactly. uh, uh, shower you with some gifts. And, you know, I mean, you know, I, the, the only way I, I guess you could describe what a lot of these guys would do back in those times was that they, they made sure you felt like you needed them. And that they That's were your, exactly. they, you were, they were their fucking, uh, they were your uh, 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 safety blanket. You know what I mean? Well, I'll say it like this. Fast forward to something that my my uh, the record co owner, the record company owner said to me one time was that you you ain't you ain't never gonna be nothing without me. You ain't nothing without me, <laughs> bro. At the time, yeah, I was like I was so so secure with myself that I told myself just let them tell you that, just don't don't say nothing. Let them tell you that. Go along with it. You know that's fucked up that he's saying that to you. Right, you know, but but and that's what kind of like you know. Hey, Firstly, saying it to a street kid, uh, you know, who's been exactly. through the mill that comes from San Jose. I mean, okay, but let's okay, let's let's go back there. So here we are. They you 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 get your stuff in front of them. They get you in the studio. Yeah. What's what's? Well, let me go back to the beat. Okay. Yeah, let's let go me back. Go that's where I want to go. Okay. Yeah, let's go back to that beat. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what it was is that um, a, a producer, wor a world-renowned producer today who works with Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, all the big-time hip-hop artists in the business today, uh -huh. his name is Frederick Nassar, who goes by Fred Reck, okay? Right. He was a producer for Upstairs Records at the time that I was introduced to Upstairs Records. Oh, wow. Okay. And so, yeah, so what it was was that since they wanted to, you know, make sure that they owned the music, they wanted me to jump on their shit. They wanted me to jump on their music. So what it was is that they, they showed me a beat. And it was precious. They showed me the precious beat. They let me hear the precious beat from Frederick. He's the one. See, Frederick Nassar, he's the one who produced that whole beat. He's the one that produced Got it. you. Okay. Everything, everything. I mean, um, the only thing that I have to do with it is all the melody of the, of the vocals. That's it. You know, all the vocals. That's me. So, but I mean, you know how it is. If you're an artist and, you, and you're on a beat, I mean, your vocals are married to that track. That's your song. So, Precious is my song. Regardless of who produced it, it's my song. Even though I was a phenomenal producer at the time, you know what I'm saying? Uh, at that time, I was fortunate enough to work with the great. To work with somebody who had a dope track already. You know what I'm saying? So that's pretty much what it was. And, 
And I didn't have to do nothing. I didn't have to put no energy into making the, the music. So I was like, all I got to do is write to it. That's right. <laughs> that's like saying all I got to do is put spoon to mouth. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so here you are. You're putting the, the words to this this phenomenal beat. You're making the track. Where does Galley fit into all of this? Who was, who was the artist to do Forgive Me Girl? And it was also based out of San Jose at the time. Yeah, man. So I was so overwhelmed, too, because the amazing freestyle artists that they had in those days that were, that were on that label, I was like, man, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to smash up on this record company because of the simple fact that and I admit I was kind of a little arrogant about it because I knew they couldn't fuck with me except for Galley. He was the only one. And I was like, but I get to work alongside Galley. He's a dope producer. He's a dope writer. He's a dope singer. And uh, man, this is dope. So what it was is that we worked on, on Precious. I wrote it. Um, you know, I wrote the track. I mean, I wrote the song. And, uh, you know, there's a long story behind uh, the length of how, how long it took for me to actually record it because I want see I'm the, I'm a perfectionist right so I wanted to have it like I wanted to have it down packed to where they didn't have to do nothing but press the record button that's it gotcha and that's a, yeah no cut-ins no like none of that shit it was just you know one press take, record one take what ready to go that's what you wanted to do exactly exactly and that's pretty much what it was other than edit some editing they did and that that's about it but but so I got the song down packed and, uh, you know, I pushed them to get it recorded, but I took so long with, in terms of, you know, getting it down packed the way I wanted it. Mm -hmm. And so, um, by the time it was about, I want to say two weeks before we actually recorded it. And so when you recorded it though, really quick, when you record, was it in, in upstairs or did you guys go to an outsource? No, to no, we went to, uh, we went to, uh, MC Hammer. I don't know if you remember MC Hammer back yeah. in the day. Yeah. Okay, so MC Hammer, real famous, you know, hip hop artist. Um, um, you know, he has a, a, a can't touch this track. So anyway, we went to MC Hammer studio to record it in uh, in um, uh, Alameda, California. Okay, Alameda. Oh wow. So yeah, yeah. So I recorded it there. A lot of famous. Uh, actually, it was uh, Michael Denton is the one who uh, uh, that's his studio, but that that was uh, MC Hammer's. You know studio that he recorded all the shit that's where he recorded can't touch us and everything so yeah long story short we went there to record precious and so like i said man it was just okay go ahead and click the button record me let's do this <laughs> so we, yeah man so i remember i was up all night too it was hard for me the night before mm -hmm. because <clears throat> man my voice is stressing i apologize no worries I drink, I drink too much coffee man sometimes <laughs> when i drink too much coffee it drives you up my throat yeah 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 so, uh, yeah, long story short, uh, I stayed up all night that, that, that night before, man, cause I, I, my, my wheels were turning, but I was so young and energetic at that time. Like I was a beast with the energy. So it really didn't affect me, man, that I stayed up all night when I went, got to the studio. It was like, it was like if I got, uh, you know, 25 hours of sleep still. You feel me? So where were you sleeping at? Where were you sleeping at? I mean. In the time of your recording, like where 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 would be your go to go to get you know uh, crash out? Yeah, so back then, like I said, I had a girlfriend, so I, I used to I used to stay with my girl. Okay, uh, remember remember Seven Trees? Yep. Uh, Rancho Verde. Yep. I, or they the 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 I want to say I, I'm gonna keep it real. The niggas used to say 
Verdi. I'll rat your Verdi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I used to go to Simondale, man, right across from there. I lived right behind Seven Trees where uh, the uh, drive-ins were at. Uh, you know, I was born and raised in downtown, but then we moved over there for a short bit, and I had to go to Simondale, which we used to call Seven Jail, right across from... Uh, yeah, 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 I know. <laughs> I remember, I remember. So, but yeah, uh, uh, Verdi is where I lived. Okay. And, uh, you know what I'm saying, that's where I stayed. And so uh, I spent the night there. But actually, I didn't spend, like I said, I didn't sleep that night. Right. I was in my car. I didn't even want to go back to her because I was like, I wanted, it was like, it was like a boxer, you know, a boxer training for a, you know what I'm saying? I didn't want to, I'd have sex, none of that. I didn't, I didn't want to get intimate, none of that. You know what I'm saying? I just wanted to, you know, concentrate on what I had to do the next day. Right, because and, you wanted uh, to make sure that, that that love emotion was making love to that mic. You wanted to make sure that they transitioned to that there, to that song. I got it. Yeah. Precisely, precisely. So, yeah, and that's what happened, man. And, and also, too, you know, I wasn't, I wouldn't say that I was uh, 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 like this real holy roller uh, type of dude, but I was very spiritual. So I, I, I was, you know, prayed too, man. I was like, you know what, God, help me out. Right. You know what I'm saying? I, I mean, you know, I, I really want to, I really want this song to not just be a song. I want it to be, you know, a hit, a smash. And so, so yeah, man, it was all, everything was right. Everything just happened. You know, I hit the bullseye. I knocked it out of the park, bro. You know, so, that's how it went down. So there was so when you did that recording when you're there in the studio was Gally there or did Gally come in after behind? Yeah, he was there, huh? Put it this way, I told them Gally better be there. Oh wow! Because yeah, because the thing about Gally is that uh, <clears throat> you know I mean he's a phenomenal you know music musical ear, so I needed him there. Gotcha. And uh, the record company you know knew that he should be there, so yeah, he was there. And he's the one that did uh, actually did a whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, he did the background, so I, I remember that. Yeah, that's Gally. Yeah, that's him. Yeah. You know, I was like, Gally, throw some flavor up on there, bro. You know what I'm saying? So so after I did my thing, you know, you know how it is, man. Uh, the reason why Precious is so beautiful uh, as well is because when you have dynamic of flavor in a, in a project, especially in music, in music, mainly in music, uh, I like to see it, is that. You know, you have a range, a variety of, of spice that you can work with. You know, that's, you know, so like they say, two heads are better than one. Right. And so with Galley's range and my range, see, I didn't know at the time I can actually go down to Galley's range. Right now I'm stressing my voice, but I can actually sing deep. I can do gotcha. deep. And so, but at the time I was, I was just, I was doing a lot of tenor work, just going high. Right. Trying to go from mid to high. So. Gally was, a great, Gally was a great impersonator of Elvis because he was such a Elvis fanatic. I remember that. He was an Elvis. Yeah. He had man, the pink yeah, Cadillac. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. He had that pink Cadillac. I mean, he had all that. So that was a pastor, I heard. You know? Uh, uh, he's over yeah. there, like, in Santa Road or something like that at the Cathedral Faith. I know that he's doing that. And, yep. That's and, him. Uh, yep. Okay, so let's 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 move from there. Let me, let me ask you this. The song comes okay. out. You're at the stop sign. You're like, yeah. okay, shit, I've arrived. I finally made it. Yeah. How did your dad accept it, bro? Did he did he come around then? I, I, you know what I mean? Going like, okay, hey, you did something. You know, did he ever give you a pat in the back? I mean, how did how did how did your relationship did it change or did it stay the same with your father? You know what? You you're asking some phenomenal questions because uh, that's a such a great question in terms of my story. 
because with my father, man, my dad, see, this is what made, made me become such a perfectionist and a great musician is that my dad would never, he would hardly ever give me a pat on the back when it came to my music because he always wanted me to have that not good enough, it's never good enough type of attitude because he always knew that I could do better. Right. He always tried to bring out the best in what he knew my potential was. He knew what I had and he didn't want to give me that, like, you know, that uh, pat on the back that could hurt you type of thing. Right. You know, yeah. where or gets your ego, the best of your ego, and then and then you become comfortable. He never wanted me to become that. So he was the type of dad that was like, you know, yeah, but you know what? You need to learn your music theory. You've got all this talent. You could play music by ear. But if you don't know music by music theory, then you're only you're not a triple threat. You're just a you're just a double threat. You're a single threat. You need to become a triple threat. So that's the way my dad was. So um when I actually uh, brought him precious I finally got that pat in the back, bro. Like you said, man. Yeah. Yeah, my dad was like, he cried. He did the whole, you know, mijo, it's beautiful thing. You know, I love this, uh, the song. You know, you did, you did amazing. You know, I'm, I'm really proud of you type of thing. So, yeah. He, did he, he, got, did he, got did he end it though? After, after he said, I'm proud of you, did he end it up? Did he end it with, now, no, now don't fuck it up, Lorenzo. Don't fuck it up. Make sure you... <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I mean? you know what? Uh, actually, this is what happened was that my dad, he was like I said, he was a he was a womanizer. He was always like, you know, with, with different broads and and even when he was married and he had his chick, he still always had chicks all the time. He was a play player, playboy. So yeah. he was never really like stable in terms of uh, as a family man's per se. Right. So I didn't get that that ever get that uh the type of of father father uh, advice, right? Like that. Yeah, father son he relationship. Gave me, he gave me no. He gave me fatherly advice. Don't get me wrong. Okay. But he didn't give me the type of direction that a convention a, a conventional dad would give a son. No, I you I, know. I, I totally get what you mean, bro. Because my me and my look, my dad. Damn it! It sounds it almost sounds like we're talking about the same fucking guy. My dad's the same way. My dad's been a womanizer for, I mean, even to this day. My old man's in his yeah. 70s, bro, and, and my dad still is like, he's still a playboy, and he's married and everything, right? But, but <laughs> in, in, in terms of, like, uh, giving you that much-needed guidance for a young man to be directed in the right path, my old man was, because my dad went to prison, he did the whole shebang, and, you know, he was always in and out, you know, uh, he was the Rolling Stone, that man, wherever he put his hat was his home type of deal. He, in, yeah. he never gave me that. That it was more of a, hey, you're gonna learn. You know what I mean? You're gonna learn, bro. This if you do it this way, you're gonna learn. It. It's up to you. My dad always left everything up to you. And, and 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 I look back now and I go, it was more of his way of going. I need you out of my hair. I got my own shit. Deal deal with you. Yes. Be a man already. Be a man. You know what? It's crazy because that generation is a selfish, selfish ass generation, brother. Is, bro. That's exactly the what the dads and the fathers were doing at that time. And then my dad, he was 15 years old when I was born. That's so he was he's only 15 years older than me. So, you know what I'm saying? My dad, he, he was the type of dad that, that, you know what I'm saying? It was him first, then me. You know what I'm saying? Him first, then his kids. So it's like. Yeah, man, but he still did his best to try to give me the the, right. the uh the advice, 
but it was like, like you said, it was like push you out of the way, go, dude. You know, right? Do your thing and and, and figure it out on your own type of thing. Because in a lot of ways, in a lot of ways, because my dad too was fifteen years old when uh, or sixteen when he had me. In a lot of ways, we don't even look at this now. Like now that we look back, we can look back at it and 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 us having kids and and raising our children, right? But you look back, think about this, bro. Fifteen, sixteen years old. And they're 25 now, 26, with, with whatever year they're dealing with us. And even in their early 30s, they're still, they, they had to put their childhood or teenage years in pause to even learn how to be a man. And that was the only way they knew how to deal with a situation because it's kind of like a, you know, a pass, pass me down type of shit. You know what I mean? Like, you know, pass me down clothes, pass me down shoes, but this is pass me down uh, parenting. That's that's where my dad got it, you know, you know, because he didn't he didn't grow up with a father. So his only way to show me he gave a shit was by telling me man up. <laughs> man, I can relate. I, I, you know, it's like it's like you're talking about my life, too, because let me tell you like this. And I'm going to keep this real quick and brief. But my dad, you know, he grew up in, in, in the 60s and 70s as a, like he was a hippie kid. A cholo, a hippie cholo. I call I call him a hippie cholo. You know that that whole that whole uh, a Cheech and Chong vibe. You know that's that was my dad, bro. You know, so like he was the homeboy smoking weed all the time type of dad. Until you know he got a little older and the GQ started to set in a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So so yeah, bro. That was what I grew up with. So that's yeah, I, I can relate 100. percent So now let's talk about. They're trying to groom you to what they want, right? At that time, they're trying to get you to sign a contract. Now, was this something you looked at? I mean, did you look at the contract? Were you satisfied? With the, or this was just like, hey, I just want to get in there, like get me out there already. You know, I've been waiting for my time. You know, I've, I've been on, I've been living on the streets. I got an old lady. Like, I need my time now. That's what I'm looking for. So you just bypassed everything and you just jumped on a boat and you didn't know whether if it was going to swim or sink. Is that what happened? So let me go ahead and run down, give you the rundown mm-hmm. on the story uh, uh, to that point. So what it was is that is that basically um, um, naiveness, naivete. Okay, I was I was real naive. Wait, wait a minute, dude. I got okay. Let me tell you like this. I'm diabetic, so I I lose my train of thought. Like, <laughs> don't worry. Ask me the question one more time. My bad, but ask it real brief, bro, because that way I can I can remember what I was gonna say contract when it was presented okay. was it ever presented to you what you were going to get and what you knew you were going to get or was this something that you just kind of like shrugged it off because you just okay. wanted to get out all right okay so let me let me say it like this so like i was telling you before this interview i was a type of dude i was very trustworthy right very trustworthy because i grew up on with the code of, with the street code the code of ethics a code of of, of honor you know what i'm saying on the street where so hand, a handshake meant a handshake Right, a gentleman. When a handshake meant a handshake, and and uh, uh, and your word was your word. You know what I'm saying? One sec, my, my boys. See what I'm telling you? They're interrupting me, and we're doing a live interview. Don't forget to wear your, your shit. All right, you got it. Okay. All right. Yeah. So anyway, so it was street code all the way. You know what I'm saying? Right. So so I trusted people the way I expected to to be trusted. I you know I I, I trusted uh, uh with with no type of thought process in my brain that you were going to do me dirty right because because you know you get broken off on the street you do somebody you do somebody sideways you get broken off right so 
you know, I didn't have to do too much broken breaking off because I was, you know, one of them type of dudes that, that you know, you just didn't fuck with because that's how I grew up. Right. You know, you don't talk about it. You be about it. Somebody comes up to you, start talking shit. You handle business. You don't. You, it's not about what you're saying. Right. You know what I'm saying? You handle it quick, get it over with. And then, you know, nobody's talking shit anymore. So that's basically how I trusted everybody. So with him, it was more, even more so because I trusted my record company. Like I trusted my own, my own family, my right. own father, my own brother. You know what I'm saying? I, I thought I was like embraced as a son. Well, so here you are. Think about, well, but yeah. just to add to that, but here you are, you're a young guy, you know, that needed family. So immediately you're looking for that. You're looking for. For that unity, I mean, you know what I mean, that acceptance. So I, so I completely understand what, what you know, why you trusted them, because you, you felt like, hey, look, my best interest is to, to produce, write songs, get you guys on the map, and and give you the best what I have inside of me, so that you guys can put it on wax. So why wouldn't you not trust these guys that are telling you, hey, we can get you from A to B, right? Exactly, exactly, and exactly, and so uh, with that naive set. Of, of mine because even even though that's a street way of thinking it's still naive it's very naive because the wise man's way of thinking is wise as a serpent gentle as a dove mm. you know what i'm saying yeah that's a wise man's my wise man's thinking mine was was you know you know, do do me dirty and, and it's gonna get violent up in this smoke. You know right. that that's that's so stupid because you don't deal with situations aggressively, uh physically to get shit done. That's just not the way it's done in a professional environment. So I didn't think like that. I thought more like they're not gonna do me dirty. I'm not thinking like that. So when they gave me the contract, my record the record company owner, the guy that I was doing business with, um he told me, he go, he, I mean, it's my fault too, because he told me straight up, uh, he said, go get this looked at. He told me the truth. Hmm. He said, go get this looked at. Now, mind you, go wait, wait, do you really, do you really think he told you the truth? Or do you think that uh, not thinking about it now, do you think that he told you that because he knew you weren't going to do it? You're a street kid. That's exactly. You just hit it right, dude. You 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 hit the target because that's exactly what I was about to say. Was that mind you, is that I didn't understand the way manipulation um was done in business at the time. I didn't understand because I wasn't I didn't have a wicked heart. I didn't have wicked way of thinking. So I had more of a pure way of thinking. So he took advantage of my my purity in that sense, you know. It was like when he said it, I thought to myself, I'm too lazy, first of all. To go try and find a lawyer, and and even though I know it's the right thing to do, and besides, why would I do that? This guy's not going to do me dirty. Yeah, why would he's not going to burn right, me? Right. He's from San Jose. I mean, he's from San Jose. Yeah, you know, he's one. He's 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 one of us. Why why would he do? Why would he do me dirty? Allah comes the fucking almighty dollar, <laughs> right? Exactly, bro. But you know, but I, I'm not a big I'm not big on conspiracy theories. But I'll tell you like this. The Illuminati did does exist, and it did exist in those days in terms of the the music industry. Okay, and so I believe he was a part of of a cabal, bro. He really was, and I, there's there's really? a story behind it why why I say that. But he was a part of the cabal. He was a part of 
because uh, his lawyers were Jewish, you know, and it, it's just it goes way deep with this guy. Okay, wait, but, you got to you got to bring me in this. You got to bring this in this. You you open up this door. Come on, bro. You can't just put a few toes out in the front. You got to walk through it now. What, what are we talking about here? What, what what's going on? What did you see that made you think that this guy is pulling part of that Illuminati? Well, because his 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 lawyers were from LA, first of all. Okay. Okay. And uh, back in those days, I mean, they're, they're, they didn't tell you, but back in those days, a lot of the uh, business was handled through, a lot of the, the major labels were handled by uh, the lawyers that were handling major labels were all Jewish. And those Jewish lawyers are, were, uh, you know, they're, they're part of the cabal. You know, I don't know if you know that. They're connected to, you know, the, the uh, what do you call those, uh, the, the Freemasons. You know what I'm saying? Okay. A lot of that shit. Yeah, and a lot of that shit, and and you had a, a Freemason lodge in San Jose. I don't know if you knew that. No, but you have big, yeah, you have a big, a big Freemason community there, and uh, um, it was huge. I didn't even know it. Guess where it was at? Guess where it's actually at? Located? It's located right there, where the church where Galley, uh, uh, you know, oh, at the Cathedral Faith. It's right next door. It's right next door. Wow, it's up on the hill. It's actually up on the hill. It's hidden. By that big old cross? By the cross. It's hidden. It's right in there. Wow. It's right there. Yeah, yeah. Hey, that yeah, bro. always looks spooky too, bro. I ain't gonna lie. Anytime you drive by it on 87, I always had like a chill feeling like, you know, like, why, why, why is that building there all by itself? And why is there just a big ass cross there? But I don't know, man. Yeah. <laughs> I got a picture. I'm going to send you. I, I took a picture with me uh, with, with, with the sign uh, flipping it off, basically. But, uh, uh, but yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so. Not the cross. The building. Yeah, I, right? And, yeah. The, the building. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. And what it, re what it represents, because I got done dirty with no Vaseline right. behind it all. So, again, it's like, you know, I know that he was connected to it. I didn't find out about it until later on in the, in the years, but. You know, it's, it just has to do with his lawyers and what they were teaching him how to practice his business. So did you just stop you know? it right there? And then, like, after he told you, he gave you that speech, like, listen, go ahead and you should go get this contract checked out. And you were like, no, 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 I trust you. Boom, give me the paperwork. And you signed it or did you take it? And hold No, I took it. Mm -hmm. I took it. I took it. I brought it back up about three days later. You didn't take it. I, I was anxious. I was anxious. No, nah, man. I, 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 was, I was so, like, excited. That I just went and partied and did stupid shit. You know what I'm saying? Because I was young. So, you know, I got distracted. I, I really forgot about the contract. Uh, I brought it back to him and I signed it in front of him. We did a, uh, actually, we did a, uh, um, uh, uh, like a photo shoot, a record. Yeah, we did a record signing party, uh, a record party signing thing. Right. At his, uh, at, at the record company. And so that's where I signed it. And, uh, yeah, man, I was dumb. I just signed it without thinking about it. So but what was in that? Let's let's go real quick. What was in the contract that that you later find out what you were going to receive? Well, there was a lot of stuff in that contract that I did not read. I'm going to be honest with you. There was a lot of stuff in that contract that I did I did not read. I did that speed read type of page thing. I just flipped through the pages real quick. You just saw, like, yeah. you would just go to every line that had your name, like, okay, that's name right there, okay, all that right there, right there, boom, I'm good. That's what you did. That's exactly what I did. Yeah. That's exactly what I did. And, uh, you know, I mean, as shameful as it is, 
you know, like I said, chalk it up to being being a young, naive, you know, man, I want to say something else, but I'm, I'm not going to say it to respect the ladies. But, you know, what I'm saying it's because I, I just I, I just wanted to, to build my fan base with the with the females. Right. And so that's, you know, I knew the, I knew the little thing. head took over. That's what you're trying to say. Yes. It yes, took over bro. at that time for you. Got gotcha. you. It took over. Bro. Yeah. It took over. And and bro, let me tell you, I have the. I mean, I can't complain. I have the ride of my life. You know what I'm saying? The ride <laughs> of my life. <laughs> so here you are. You're performing all over the place. Okay. The song is getting yeah. is played wherever you go. Like I said, there was no airspace without you hearing "Precious." Who? Yeah. It, who let you the raw deal though? Who told you, or did you figure it out? That raw deal that you got. Oh no! And so let me uh, let me slow 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 it down just a tad because what it was is that once I signed um, and the song got on the radio, then all of a sudden we uh, well let me go back because Spanish Fly I created the name Spanish Fly remember with my boy Rodney I don't know if you know uh, well what happened was that once the song was recorded I thought that they were gonna bust me out as a solo artist see that's what I thought right and uh, so I changed my name. From Ernie Ramos to Lorenzo Ramos. Because I didn't like the way Ernie rolled off. Right. You know, the way it rolled off, That's I just right. didn't like it. That's why, right. you know why? You know what? That's right. Because when I met you, it was Ernie. And then, yeah. and then I, when I saw you again, it was Lorenzo. So I used to think that your name was yeah. Ernie Lorenzo. That, that was your last. Exactly. A lot of people did. A lot of people did. <laughs> now, really quick, because your boy Rodney came into that picture and. Bro, you got to admit, that was like, you guys were like the very first, not you, you were not Millie Vanilli, but he was, because he didn't sing, right? He just danced. Well, bro, I mean, he's my, he's my boy, bro, so I really don't want to, I don't want to like, uh, I'm not going to knock him, bro. No, no, definitely, it's not a knockdown, but he wasn't singing, right? He had well, part of it. I'll just tell you like this, he got training to sing. So, so yeah, he didn't record on the, on the, on the, on the track itself, but he wasn't fake in terms of, of his get up, his get down. Mm -hmm. He was always a G. You know what I'm saying? He was always a G. And let me let me nice let me guy. touch on that. Let me touch on that point because what it was is that going back to what I was saying about becoming be coming out as a as a as a solo artist, that's how the record company wanted to control me. Okay? And also, I'm gonna say this is that I'm credited in the local area, even in LA. Uh, in terms of being one of the first boy bands, uh, as a free, as freestyle, so just know that, okay? So that's what uh, that's how our our group came out because of the name Spanish Fly, the whole the whole you know uh, our whole our whole concept. Right. So what happened was is that um, yeah, Rodney, um, there was nobody else in the group yet. I mean, there was it wasn't a group yet. It was just, it was supposed to be just me as a solo artist. Then they told me that they wanted to come out with the group. And I was pissed, bro, at first. I was like, I was like, wait a minute. I worked all this hard. I worked hard all this time for this track. And and you know, I wanted I thought you guys were gonna sign me as a solo artist. And now you're throwing it on me that you want me to be a group with 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 Yali, okay, cool. Let's do it. <laughs> but then Gally was like, he didn't want to do it. Yeah. Gally didn't want to do it. He was like he was basically, he basically told me, bro, you know, I got your back. Uh, I'm your, we're boys, but you know what I'm saying? But I can't do it because he has John's not going to take care of it. Right. He had his own. Yeah, yeah. But he also knew 
that John wasn't going to take care of him. So that's the real reason why he didn't want to do it. And so I was stuck. I was stuck because at that time, I was stuck between them having control over me because they had already, you know, spent money on me. And you know what I'm saying? They were like using that. They were using that to, 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 you know, uh, uh, manipulate my, my, like I said, my, my pure mind, the way of thinking. Right. So they made me feel like I owed them something more than they owed me at the time. That's it. Yeah. So I got, I felt a little bit, you know, like that. And so I said, all right, well, let's do a group then, I guess, if that's what you guys want to do. So then, but I said, but this shit better be dope. This shit's going to be dope. Or, you know what I'm saying? Or you guys are going to just have to put me out solo no matter what. Right. And so, so John Lopez, he told me, we had a little meeting. He goes, I got an idea. He said, I got a friend. I got a, I got a, a young, a young friend. He's cool. And he's, he's really good looking. And you guys would be the perfect match. So, because I was the morenito and he was the, the guerito. You know, he was the, the, I was the dark guy. He was the white, the lighter guy. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so, the white boy and the Mexican. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, that's how we, that's how our concept came out. It was like, he came, came to me. I met him. Me, actually, I knew Rodney before because we went to YB together. Here's the, let me real quick, real quick, let me back up. Go ahead. I knew Rodney and his brother. Uh, from YB because because I went to that school at, at my freshman year and I was no I was a break dancer I had a group called Street Rock and you know uh, they knew me as my street rock name my my breaking name was Gizmo yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's great uh, go, go figure so I met I met Rodney in, in high school and then when I met up with them in in a in a uh, Upstairs Records, I didn't know it was him, and then I knew it. And I was like, yup, he's perfect for this because we're going to, it's all about the girls for me. Right. At the time, I was like, yup, this is all about the girls. So he's perfect for us to do a boy band. So let's do this, you know? Mm -hmm. And so um, that's what basically happened. And so, but I had to train him. I had to train him on everything, bro. Mm -hmm. On the vocals, you know, how to sing and how to dance. We, we, you know, I taught him all the choreography, everything. So that's what happened. So, so here we are. Here you are. You're doing all this stuff. You got this group going. Spanish Fly is 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 doing what they're supposed to do. You're signed. Who? Oh wait, wait, wait. Let me go back to the name. So he comes in, and it was perfect. We hit it off, and then we were like, "But we have to come up with the name." And so I said, "Cause they came up. They even came up with Legacy. The name Legacy. They came up with all kinds of names." And me and Rodney, almost at the exact same time, both of us, we said, what about Spanish fly? And I don't remember exactly if I said it, he said it first, or we both said it at the same time. All I know is that when it was said between us two, it clicked so perfect. It was like, yes. So we bought, that's why I, I, that's why I won't ever, uh, like, you know, Step on Rodney's toes because well, he's my he boy, man. Yeah, he contributed to it, and yeah, I, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So we both created that name, and so we're both. You know, I, I claim him as 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 much as me, 50, 50, 100, 100 in terms of the intellectual property brand of the real. And like you said, you don't even have to put the real. 
Right, but the name Spanish Fly. That's me, bro. So did Rodney so, know about the? Did they give Rodney the same deal they gave you, or did you guys have two separate contracts? We had two two separate deals. Two separate deals. Rodney didn't even have a contract. I'll just put it to you that way. So what yeah, was he guaranteed? I take I take it back. Rodney did have a contract, but it was stipulated, and I made sure that back then I was I was at least this smart. I was I stipulated that I did not want. Rodney to have the same rights or the same, you know, pay in terms of the shows or anything when it came to, you know, that the contract because I'm the work behind and the voice behind Spanish Fly. So, you know, I want he was there just he was there to to just be the group and the fill up in terms of our brand and that was it. So, what did you get? What did you get out of the deal? What was your your part that you were going to that that you that you received? Well, this is what happened. So, since I didn't look at my contract, mm -hmm. John Lopez went behind my back because John Lopez claims, he always says it, mm -hmm. and he said it back then, he goes, because he actually, uh, he goes, I want you to write a song called Precious. This is exactly what happened. I want you to write a song called Precious on that track. He goes, because that that name right there, uh, Bobby Bahinas of Days, remember Bobby Bahinas yeah. of Days? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Bobby Bahinas of Days was supposedly, supposedly, uh -huh. bro, uh -huh. supposed to be the guy who started, you know, writing something to Precious. Okay. Never met him. I never met him. Mm -hmm. I seen him at the show that one time, but I never met him. Like, I, uh -huh. we didn't never had no phone call, contact. Uh -huh. We never talked uh, amongst each other. Uh -huh. I never met him. So all that I had in my, my head was, that he wanted me to write a song called Precious. That's it. And so that's basically how, when Precious was written, when it was done, then he comes out and says, but I have to give Bobby Bahina's credit on that track. So what he did but behind my back, because he had said that, was he had went behind my back and on BM ASCAP, he gave Bobby Bahina's the ASCAP writer royalties for, for Precious. Dude, he did me fucking dirty, bro. Oh, he man. did fucking he did me fucking dirty. And then when it came to the to the actual vinyl, the wax, uh -huh. he put Bobby's name as the writer on there. And I'm I guess what? I'm supposedly the co-writer of that song. <laughs> yeah. go, go figure, bro. So he did me dirty. And the, all this I, I you know, I found out when when the when uh, UPS brought the boxes um, of, uh, of the of the vinyl. Uh, to the record company. So, so open it up and bang, you see this uh, Bobby's name on it. Yeah. So that's when the first red flag, my heart was broken. You know, that's when I, I because I, like, I, like I said, I mean, I, I grew up streetwise. So, you know, flags went off in, in, in my dome and in my heart, bro, that uh, these people were, they weren't out for me. What did he, to, let me let yes. ask you, what did he say? I mean, cause if you, okay, you open it up, you see this name, did you immediately confront him, or, or was this something that you made talk with Rodney first, or whoever was around you? I immediately confronted him. Mm -hmm. It wasn't. It wasn't nobody else. It was. It was a uh, uh, me and John Lopez in a, in a, in the office in the corner of the office. Uh -huh. And dude, I was like, twice this happened. I was like Ice Cube in in. Uh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> in, in, in that Compton movie. Right. You know what I'm saying? Out of Compton. I was like that, bro. 
I was like that. I was like, yo, what the fuck, bro? How are you going to do me like that? Because that's when my I started to awaken right, to, to the beast. You know, it's like, what the fuck is really going on here? How is it that I worked so hard on this track? I write this song. I, I we, we record it. We, we put it out. I'm supposed to be, a re you know, I'm, I, I'm under, you know, and the impression that I'm going to, they were going to release me as a solo artist. Right. And then now, now we're a group and all this stuff is coming out. And then, bro, that's just, shit got set off, bro. It got set off. Like, like I started to become known as they did. They, this is why I say they're part of, of the Illuminati. Cause what the Illuminati does is that. They 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 de they try to defame your character in order to blackball you, and that's what they try to do. That's how they that's how they do you dirty. Mm -hmm. Okay, and so that's what John Lopez did with me. You know, it was like, oh, he's hard to work with, guys. Let's be careful with Lorenzo. Like they started to try to put that across my head, my forehead. They started to try to you know brand me like that, bro. And like you were nuts. You were crazy. You're the crazy one. Yeah, I'm the crazy guy. I'm the crazy one. Okay, let's go wash your hands, bro. So, so um, yeah. Go ahead. So here we are. When okay, so when did you? When did the relationship finally dissolve? When did you finally said, "I had enough. I I, I got to get out of here"? Or was it them that pushed you out finally? No, no, no. Well, that's a fast forward. I mean, you're fast forwarding. Okay. Because basically, yeah. Because basically, what it was is that once that all all transpired in terms of you know when the records came in when the box of records came in and that all happened and then I got pissed, uh, you know, John tried to do that silence, silence me, you know, steadily type of thing, you know, like, like, let me calm him down first. And then, you know, I'll work on his, on, on, on distracting him from what, what really happened in the background type of thing. Right. So he, so, I mean, he put you on ice. But, so what did he, what did he tell you that, that you met, you were like, okay, I'm going to give you a second chance. Like what, what, you, you know what I mean? Like, what, what, what was said to you that you thought, okay, it, he, he's going to fix it. He's going to make things right. Oh, okay. So he was like, yeah, like, yeah uh, uh, Lorenzo, don't worry. You know, you are Spanish fly. This is your, your group. And, and you know, you're going to, I mean, you, you get all the shows, you know. Um, and he didn't talk nothing about royalties, bro. So at that time, I was pissed. And I was just trying to come up with some, a plan to figure out, you know. Well, what he did do was he said, he goes, look. On your next song, you know, everything's going to be different. It's going to be right. So don't worry. We got to work on a new song anyway. So, you know, because I needed a follow-up track anyway because it was a hit. So we needed a Spanish Fly follow-up track. So we did that. We went to record in, in Hollywood, California uh, at the day Tupac was there. And he was recording All Eyes on Me in uh, Echo, Echo, Sound Studio, Echo Sound Studio in Hollywood. And we were recording a song called, uh, it was called... Uh, uh, not Angel. It was called uh, 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 Spanish Eyes. It was called Spanish Eyes. I remember that. Yeah. It came out, right? Yeah. Spanish Eyes, don't look away. Spanish Eyes, I need you today. Spanish Eyes, I need you now. Spanish Eyes, you'll be mine somehow. You that track right there, bro. Hey, almost got it, was, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Hell yeah, brother. That track, uh, that track was a hit. But they did me dirty again. They did me dirty again, again, bro. Hold, hold on one second. I got, I got noise in the background. No worries. I'm doing an, a live interview. 
I need the noise down, guys. So, um, long story short, man, yeah, they did me dirty again, bro. Is that when the song was completed at Echo Sound Studio, uh, uh, that needs to be washed. That, that, pa oh, okay. So, um, when that song was done, when I came back from Hollywood, when I came back, bro, something happened to that track. They told me that the track got erased by the engineer by accident. <laughs> even, though, even though there was a DAT recording, there was a DAT, uh, a DAT record of it. There's a DAT cassette of it. Right. Okay. Yeah. There's a DAT a cassette of it because I used to go and perform that song. I used to perform that song everywhere. So even though there was a DAT recording of it, somehow the master got screwed. Something happened to it. <laughs> so that was another dude. That was another thing they did. They stabbed me in the back with. And uh, yeah, bro. So what happened was is uh, we had did a, a, a major a major concert uh, in uh, at at, at uh, San Jose University. Okay. Remember that big old that big old uh, auditorium they have at San Jose University? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. All the greats were there. I mean, Nia yeah. uh, Peoples was there. Um, um, Howard Hewitt was there. Except you know, matches there too. <laughs> yeah, bro. And, I mean, bro. I mean, everybody yeah. and their and, and, and all the famous greats were there. Um, this concert that we had did, uh -huh. and uh, this is what set it off. Like this was the camel that that uh, broke the back. The, the straw that broke the camel's back yeah. was that uh, because I had already toured everywhere. We toured. We had already toured for a lot of different places. You know, Texas. We went to Texas. We went to Miami. We went to like just a lot of different places, and uh, with Precious. And so, um, uh, I would say about eight months later, it was about eight months later when this big, uh, uh, concert was thrown, this is what, you know, did it was that, uh, we had did that show, bro. And I had such a phenomenal following in terms of newspapers were there. Uh, uh everybody was there. Um, it was a red carpet event afterwards. And, uh, oh, that night, that same very night. Um, I had gotten that. See that 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 like that. Yeah, that uh, Spanish fly. Okay, I had received that night. I had received from Hot ninety seven seven. I don't know if you remember this, but I had received a uh, an award for hot the the, the greatest hottest uh, freestyle artist, uh, new artist artist of the year award. Oh wow! For that, it was a gold plaque, bro. And MC Hammer was the one that hosted it and presented it to us. And so. Um, Man, there's a story behind where that went too, but it's sad. It's, it has to do with the girlfriend destroying it, oh. <laughs> trying to destroy my dreams. <laughs> so, look, but, before we go on, let me ask you this real quick. Let's just go back yeah. like, really quick, and then we'll go uh, back to this subject. But so, the, the lyrics of of, uh, of of Precious, you know, I, I so was this about a particular person? Because I mean, bro, you were daddy's little girl. That was like that hit home for a lot of homeboys. You know what I mean? Like we were like, damn man, like yeah, I know, I know where you're coming from, bro. I know where you're coming from. So where did where did you come up with that th those those words, bro, for that song? It's about uh, well, bro. I mean, the truth is, is that it's about a, an ex-wife, bro. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And you know how it is. I mean, you got love in your life, and that's the that's the greatest way to write songs. You know, you got. You got you, your experiences is what creates great content for 
or great songs. And so, yeah, it was it was about that. I really don't want to get too far into that, but no you know, about it was about that. You know what I'm saying? And uh, about her, and you know, it's just it's a long story. With that, with that said, bro. <laughs> I mean, there was some. So, you know, for my listeners, if you, I know a lot of guys, because it's some of the folks that are not. I got a lot of like, English, England listeners. If you've never listened yeah. to the song, go listen to the song. The words, honestly, are if, if you've ever been in a relationship, in a trying relationship, the words will let you go like, oh, shit, I, I, I know what this guy's going I'm going through it. You know what I mean? But let's go Let's go back. Okay, so this big old concert, and this is the straw that broke the, the camel's back. Okay, so what happened after that? So then when I came, what happened was it was crazy because... Um, I was already famous in San Jose, like in terms of, you know, the surrounding areas, San Francisco, L.A. Right. I was already like, like everybody knew who I was as Lorenzo Ramos um, back then um, with Spanish fly. This is what's crazy because your fame, you can have fame, you know, but in a, overnight you can lose it like that. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so that's kind of kind of like what happened to me. But 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 there's some crazy stuff, because when that happened, um. Uh, with that concert, uh, I was supposed to get paid and and uh, uh, for the concert, and uh, you know I forgot what it was. It was like two racks, I think it was that I was supposed to get paid for that for that that show, and uh, I didn't get my, I didn't get paid. And so what happened was is that uh, we partied that night, but I had to go back home, and I didn't have no money. So I have not not one dollar in my pocket, bro. So what happened was is that I had to take the bus. I had to take the the, the local transit, you know, the shame train. We used to call it the shame train. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? The 22, baby. You remember the 22? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that and that stopped directly right right in, at, at the upstairs records doorstep. Right. So it was like, so um, what's crazy is that I took that bus. Uh, to upstairs records and back then um you know the song was so was so popular and famous that you would hear people bumping my song as they're as i'm as i'm walking on the on the on the sidewalk you know on the street you know you i have multiple cars jamming my track right you know you you hear my my track being bumped in every system so that's what happened i'm getting off the i'm getting off the the shame train and i hear my song being being played out on one car that's and and check this out. And a fan, I think he went to my concert because the fans were like, hey, there's Lorenzo. And I'm getting off the bus as that's happening. <laughs> Go figure, bro. I'm getting off the bus, bro. So when you say shame train, all right, we're talking shame train. You know what I'm saying? That's the, that's the literal there's, example. There's no way disguising that as a long fucking uh, limousine. That's that's the that's shame train. <laughs> right. That's brutal. So, uh, yeah, so 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 it sparked, it sparked me. It, it triggered me. It triggered it triggered an anger in me. It set me off, bro. Well, yeah, because you got the hottest song playing in the Bay. I, you know, San Francisco, Miami, Texas, and you're getting off the transit. The hottest, yeah, song, hottest artist around right now for freestyle music. It's getting airplay all over the place, and you got a shitload of girls trying to get you know get at you. And you're getting off yeah. transit while everybody else is driving something nice. You got Galley driving a pink Cadillac at that time. What kind yeah. of shit was that? 
Yeah, bro. So that's what set me off. And and I, again, the second time I went up to Upstairs Records. This is the last time mm-hmm. I went up to Upstairs Records, bro. And and uh, this is how we had our falling out because two there was rumors going around that you know that I was soft because I let I let uh, Upstairs Records you know do me with no Vaseline, bro. Right. You know what I'm saying? So all those things that were said to me, and then that happening to me, it just triggered me, bro. So I went up to Upstairs Records. I was I, I went up to John, and I was like, dude, I go. I go, what the fuck? And I slam my, my hand down on his desk and I'm like, what's going on? You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, what, you know, why are you doing me like this, bro? Where's my money, bro? You know, because at first I, I gave him the benefit of the doubt to give me the money. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because what it was, was that he was handling my shows and handling my A&R and handling, he was handling my every, you know, conflict of interest, basically. Yeah, the whole cookie jar to himself. That's what he had. Exactly. Exactly, bro. So I was kind of like, like, dude, I already, you know, I paid you off. Dude, I paid you off long. My first show, I paid your ass off. You know what I'm saying? And at that time, I didn't, you know, I, I wasn't going to take it no more. Right. Because, I, I mean, uh, two racks missing from my pocket. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like nothing. And, and that wasn't the first two racks. That was like, probably like, Four or five times that I didn't get paid for shows. So, so then, you know, that's what happened. And, and, you know, I was a hothead. I admit it. I was young, stupid, not being able, now realizing it, that dude. What does he say? I mean, you know, uh, let's not get off that. Let's, what did he say? You come in there, you slam your hands on his desk. I mean, did this guy like, was he emotionalist to, to your situation? Or did he try to give you another story to try to keep stringing you along? Yeah, he just basically did like, like you said, you know, he did that call work on me, you know what I'm saying? Try to chill me, you know what I'm saying? So it was like, he tried it again and I was like, not having, having it. And I was like, this is it, bro. I was like, this is it. You don't got my money. I'm like, what do you want me to do? Right. I go, you know what? I go, because I was stupid, not thinking at the time I was emotional, you know, and, and young and stupid and, uh, you know, trying to think I was a gangster. Which I I mean you know anybody could be a gangster, but but not everybody can be a boss. You know what I'm saying? Like there's a difference, right? So it was like, so yeah, so I didn't I didn't think like a boss. I thought like a gangster, and I was like, you know what? Um, this is it, man. John, either pay me or you know what I'm saying I'm coming after you, bro. It's gonna this this shit's gonna it's gonna get ugly, and you know John was you know professional about it. He goes. You know, he just said, you know, I'll have your money, but I don't have it right now. So whatever, you know, well, I don't remember exactly word for word. Right, right. But it was some, somewhere along the lines of brushing me off. Right. And I, 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 you know how it is when you when you leave a situation with something un, you know, unfinished, you know, no closure. This just it's, it, it wasn't handled. And right. so I left with with this burden on my back, like I'm the punk. Mm. I was the punk. And so I told the dude, I go, you know what? I go, I, I'm, I'm done with the record company. I'm not done with the, with the, uh, with the, with the group. So you better find somebody to handle the group, but I'm done with the record company. So I didn't even know that you can do that. In those days you could, but I didn't know that. I just said it and I was right. But so what he did was he did even more dirty shit behind that. <laughs> you know what he did? Oh, I he, hired two milli, he hired two Millie Vanillis yeah. to portray me and Rodney to be Spanish fly. And that's where they came up with SF Spanish fly. And that's why I have such a big problem with, with, you know, who, 
So let me, let, before we go, okay, so you leave. Okay. Did he ever, I mean, did he even give you any money after that? Did he ever reach out and try to like mend this? Or was this, hey, just get him out of our hair now. This We're done. I'm done with him. He's done with us. Blah, blah, blah. Type of deal. Nah, bro. So what it was is that I tried to correspond with him. Like, cause he had got the word out. See, I didn't tell you all this. There's more, way more to the story, but uh, he had, he had his, he had hired a lot of henchmen for the, for the record company. That's why I tell you, that's how the, the Illuminati works. I heard, well, you, know? That's, you know what? So that was going to lead my next question because, yeah. So this was the rumor and the rumor was that after that happened, two things, two things that, that, that was said. Uh, and maybe this was part of the defaming, but the the first one was that you robbed them, that you went in there and you stole all their equipment. That was the first rumor. And the second rumor was that you were on the run, that they were looking for you. Yeah, the, those actually aren't rumors. Those are actually both things that actually happened, but I didn't rob them. <laughs> okay. I took, uh, I took what was owed to me. Gotcha. You feel me? Yeah, no, no, definitely. Yeah, yeah you owe me money. I'm yeah, those are, those, yeah. Yeah, those are those are rumors. Those, those are that's actually true. That's what happened. I when I left, I I I didn't mean to leave that detail out, but it's a part of it, but it actually happened afterwards because I have I have people too in San Jose that were looking out for me and they were telling me, "Well, they got this new equipment." So, you know, you know, you know, that's where they have it at. So I was yeah. like, well, let's go, let's go handle business. Right. Like, you know, stupid. I was like, you know, John owes me. He owes me big time. You know, he, he at that time, he owed me like eight racks or something like that. I forget. Probably you know, I was, yeah, <laughs> oh, no, no. In terms of, uh, in terms of shows, he owed me about right. eight racks. Right. But in terms of royalties, oh. in terms of royalties, well, he probably owes me like two million. Who knows? Right. You know, but. So that's where, you know, that came in and I said, well, hey, this is kind of going to compensate something. Right. So, I mean, the equipment was only worth maybe less than a, less than a G, you know what I'm saying? Right. And so I took off with it. So, hold on. so, so let, me, let me ask you this. Was it, was there, were there people there? Were they, were there, was the space occupied with, you know, with somebody or did, were or was this like you guys knew there was not going to be anybody there? So it was going to be no harm. You're just going to go in there, grab it and leave. No, well, what it was is that, you know, uh, I was kind of staying there, so I had a key. This is before. That's what I heard. This is before it all, it all happened. I had a key. So I just, you know, I, I opened it up and, and saw it there and, you know, I took advantage of the, of the situation because, I, I mean, that's my mindset at the time, you know, revenge. How am I going to get my revenge? Yeah. This is how I'm going to get my revenge. So that's basically what it was. Dude, I took off with it. I actually jammed, I jammed out to uh, Modesto, California. And then I jumped to uh, Fresno, California, and I was just like everywhere, LA, like you know, trying to do music, and and I was, you know, but so you were, on the, so you were, you were really on the run. You went on the run, right? I, I didn't go. No, it wasn't that I was on the run. I was basically like, like how how would I say it? Like still with the equipment, but in my head, I'm thinking to myself, is that this is my shit? Right. This is my shit. They want. They're gonna have to come to me to get it. That's basically the, what, how my mind frame was, you know? Right. And so what happened was, is that, um, I wasn't on the run because I have people in LA that wanted to take care of me and, 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 you know, do music with me. Right. So long story short, I stayed out there. I got a phone call and somebody told me that a, uh, 
Ro uh, not Rodney. Uh, John Lopez called the cops on you. <laughs> now I was laughing. I go, he's gonna call the cops on me for something that he owes me for. Okay, Rupert. But I found out later that that wasn't true. That was just a play to get me right to get me to come back to San Jose and put and bring back equipment. So that's what I did. I go, I went back up to upstairs records with balls in my hand, and I was like. I go, so I took your fucking equipment. Now, where's my money? Here's your shit. Where's my money? Right. And that, that's exactly what happened. And uh, John Steele, this is what he told me. He goes, I'll tell you what. I'll give you 300 bucks right now. And then you get a lawyer and we'll talk about the rest. Wow. So he gave, he paid me off three bills. Right. You know, three hundos. But that wasn't, dude, it, it that didn't do it. At the time, because I, I needed the money. Right. I accepted it. Right. You know, but it still wasn't enough. And so. That's that's the story right there, bro. Damn. <laughs> okay, so now now you're you're out of upstairs. Where are you at when you find out that he picked up two new guys, Octaviano and uh my, is it Milo or Milo? Milo, I think it is, right? And Milo Milo's Milo betraying you. Pro. Right? Yeah. He's betraying yeah, you and, and Octaviano's betraying Rodney. What happened to Rodney? Why did they exile Rodney if he had nothing to do with this? Because Rodney wanted to start his own record company, and that's what he did, Amigo Records. Oh, he started Amigo. Yeah, he started Amigo Records, bro. And uh, that's how uh, Johnny Z, short, tall, skinny, black eyes, even y'all with the big eyes. Yeah, that? yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know that that was Rodney. Wow. Yeah, that's that's Rodney's product. Okay, so so that's basically what happened. Is that uh, you know. My phone's going to die, bro, so I'm going to plug it in real quick. Go ahead. <laughs> so, you know, you know how shit, how shit rolls down, bro. It's like, it's... I mean, it had to piss you off, though. I mean, here you see these guys, you know, jumping on a song that you put your heart in that, that got, you, got you on the map, right? And then, and then, and then Upstart Records does, a, does a, uh, an album for them. And then their claim to fame was really kind of doing a uh, a remake of uh, what is it, Clint's, uh, Crimson's and Clover, right? You know, and then you see them yeah. doing like tele television interviews, and uh, uh, I mean they did they try to what I saw because listen, I know Octaviano. I actually was recording out of the same studio Octaviano and 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 uh, uh, Milo were recording out of when they did the whole album for that. Yeah, I was in that studio after dark. Okay, and um, and I known I had known Octaviano way before that, and uh, I know that they were trying to do. And I remember uh, uh, Milo didn't like me because I was so brutally honest. I remember when that song "Treasure of My Heart." I was like, that sounds yeah. way too much like Precious. That's all I said. Yeah, that's all I said. Yeah. It was like this sounds way too much like Precious, man. And they didn't like that. They're like, oh yeah. no, no, different song, different song. But to me, that song never took off the ground the way Precious did. But going back to my question, you you know, did did seeing that happen? Was there like any point where you got depressed, or did you just get did you just get more angry about about the situation? Well, let me tell you like this, and this this interview is going to get really deep right now, bro. Go ahead, brother. I don't know how much time you have, brother, but I'm I'm just going to try to. Keep it as short and simple. Yeah, we got all the time, man. This is all you right now. I told you before we okay. came on, you know, to do the conducting. I said it's all about you, man. Go ahead. I want to hear this. Okay. Okay. So what happened was is that I was one one big guy, man. I was one guy that was big on not 
ever doing drugs ever like i was you know i was the guy that, that knew that you know you don't get high on your own supply right you feel me right like i was that guy you know and uh but you know i don't know what it was but because i got thrown off my game because of that whole thing man you know i ended up just ended up with the with the fucking drug problem bro you know what i'm saying yeah. i i ended up doing drugs because I, I i used that as a gateway to you know get my mind off of my the situation of people because i had a big i had a big uh a, a, not an ego uh but but a big confidence about myself uh, um you know I, I had i had dignity bro you know what i'm saying and when that happened it made me feel like I was a clown because that's how they made me feel like, 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 you know, Lorenzo was a clown. That's why we did him like that, you know? And at the time they used everything politically to shut me up in a political sense in the industry, bro, to blackball me, to try to get me out of the way. That's where all this comes from. All the, the, the cover up, the hiding of who's really the real Spanish fly. You know how John Milo um, Pro became the the my face, and how Satan is so so uh, uh, keen and cunning. How he was able to uh, I, I say Satan, but because right. how they were they were able to find almost an identical lookalike to me. Right. Not only with my face, but on the vocals. The vocals weren't as good. I mean, of course, we know they weren't as good no. as mine, but at the time, but at the time, they, they could pull it off in terms of like the fakeness. So they went out and they had they had a bunch of shows already lined up when I left. Right. We had like ten. We had like ten shows lined up, bro. I left to like ten shows, dude, on the table. So they were like, "That's money left on the table." So. To them, they were like, well, how are we going to keep this money? So that's how they did it. They found Milo to, to um, you know, per impersonate Precious. So they went out and sang Precious without me for like, dude, a whole, a year and a half. Bro. Yeah. You, you, you ever think about this? Do you ever think about like, man, if this would have happened like now, do you think they could have gotten away with it with the social media, the, the, the Instagram, the, the Twitter? Facebook, you think they, I don't think they would have been able to get away with that shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> Fuck no, bro. That, that, that's just, it, it's, it's, see, social media and the internet changed the whole game. Right. You know what I'm saying? It changed, it changed it all. And it, because what happened was it, be, it, it became an awareness type of thing where the world became, the world shrank and it became smaller. So now all these, you know, all these, uh, 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 conspiracies and all these things that these plots to do people dirty are being exposed right and so that's what this is all about bro but still still what happens is that because freestyle is such a small community right freestyle is such an underground type of music right. it's not mainstream um freestyle like you know it's a back it's a genre back then right. it's like you still got the fans that don't know the truth and those right. are the fans that worship those are the fans that worship the fake guy that has ridden off my coattails from the the origin that i created my brand of origin of spanish fly you feel me right and that's what i have a big problem with and everybody kisses this fool's ass you know what i'm saying 
<laughs> and it's like, dude, you were there, bro. Yeah. You know the truth, bro. Huh? You know who's who and what's what. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I remember, I, here, let me tell you what I, what I, you know, what I know of the guys, okay? I've never had a problem with any one of the guys, but when I remember when them coming into, I remember my producer at the time, which was uh, Armando um, uh, Rosales, um, had told me about the, the project. He's like, hey, you know, uh, Octaviano got picked up to uh, to uh, in this group called Spanish Fly. And I was like, Spanish Fly? I go, oh, bro, I, I know the lead singer from Spanish Fly. That, 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 I go, that group broke up already. And he goes, no, no, they're going to redo it. They're going to, they're, they're, they had signed, it was it like Virgin Records, I think they had, they, uh, upstairs did a, like a, a co uh, uh, um, um, signing with Warner Brothers. Yeah, there you I'm go. Warner Brothers. Right. And um, they were like, yeah, they're going to do all this. And Octaviano was not a high energy singer. He was not a freestyle singer. This was a guy that was trying to break into the pop R&B genre. Okay. And 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 Octaviano was a phenomenal acapella uh, acapella uh, uh, singer. He was not a lead vocalist. You know what I mean? Like the guy did great background. That's where his strong suit was at. So I remember there was such co conflict, not just because of the name, because Octaviano. If I remember, and I'm be quoting you wrong, Octaviano. If you watch this uh, 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 interview and all that, the show. Um, but I remember him not happy having the name, and I also remember him not happy doing high energy songs. That's why they went off off the kind of the grid to do Crimson's and Clover. It was because no, of, bro. you know, no, no. Right. Let me, let me, let me. I don't mean to go ahead. I don't, I, I, not to, uh, not, you know, with all due respect, I'll just say it like this is that, no, that concept with, with going off the grid is my concept, bro. Oh. Because what it was is that we, I, see, that's how compressions it sounds different. Because Precious, even though, you know, Frederick recorded it, I, I had him design Precious a certain way. See, I was always taught when music, especially when it came to pop music and it came to like, you know, mainstream music is that the hook and the chorus is very important in terms of the style of it. Right. You know, the the brighter it is, mm -hmm. the, the, the more radio friendly it is. Right. And so... That's what I was taught. So I told John Lopez, I go, I go freestyle. We're going to keep, we're going to do freestyle, but we need to go off the grid of freestyle. And I want to introduce more radio friendly Latino style of pop into integrated into this, into this, uh, uh, um, into this genre show. So what I forgot to tell you this. So I had wrote another song. I wrote three, like three songs um, before I left. One is Believe in Me, Light a Candle, and uh, uh, Spanish Eyes, like I was telling you. Right. Okay. Those three songs, but Spanish Eyes didn't get on the album. But Believe in Me, you can go on YouTube, and my name, Ernie Ramos, as the writer, is on there. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and uh, Light a Candle, listen to those tracks. That's proof right there that I'm the guy that introduced pop into it. Because when I left, they only had those songs from me. So that went on. Okay. That went on their album, right? Yes, yes, bro. That that, went on yeah, that looks, sounds so familiar, man. That sounds yeah, wow. yeah, bro. Look it up. Look it up. Look it up. Light a candle by Spanish Fly. Believe in me by Spanish Fly. Those are my songs. I wrote those songs with the music, melodies, and everything. Okay, now. So when they came in, they were like, "Man, Lorenzo," because I, I mean, again, not to sound 
like I'm patting myself on, you know, egotistical or cocky, but but I knew I was shit when it came to that because John Lopez at that point before I left used to before he didn't want to come to me for musical advice. After before, right before I left, I was the go-to guy to come to in terms of uh, music advice, in terms of what they were, were the direction to go to, to go to go in and 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 what the concept you know they wanted to do with all the groups that they had. And I told him, dude. You want to you want to make money? Pop style music is the way to go because John Cicada was my guy. Oh, John yeah. Cicada was the guy that, like in those days, and that's what Believe in Me was. Um, like that was inspired. That Believe in Me track was inspired by John Cicada. Um, uh, just another day without you. Yeah. That song I used to have that song down packed. Morning, so. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Right? Yep. His, op- his opera style of singing. So um beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, but 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 it, it was like it was Latin, but it was urban. Right. But at the same time, it was radio friendly. It was pop. Right. So that's what I, how how come they went in that direction with Spanish fly because I fucking was adamant to John Lopez about the direction of Spanish fly was going. And that's that's exactly what happened, bro. That had to be killing you, man. So, did you ever did you ever meet the guys? Did you, did you ever did you ever meet like that? Yeah. Did, did huh? And how did that how did that you know play out? So this is what happened: is that um um before I left, I didn't know that I don't know exactly how this happened, but I didn't know that Octaviano and Milo. Like they threw me off, bro. They threw me off big time because they had him in the studio right before I left. Not Octaviano. Okay, let me go back. Yeah, Milo. Yeah, because I know Milo was good friends with John Lopez, right? Yeah. Let me go back because um, Octaviano wasn't in the picture yet. No. Okay. Yeah. Now, here's the real truth. I hope you understand. Is that I hope Octaviano catches this uh, this uh, video because he wasn't. His vocals are are. Nah, none of the tracks, the hit tracks off of anything you want album. No, his vocals, none of his background vocals. Right, his vocals were. That's all, that's all Galley. That's all Galley and Milo. Okay, yeah, that's all Galley and Milo. So, I don't know if Octaviano was training at that time to do stuff or whatever, but but anything recorded uh, uh, for Warner Brothers, um, um, Octaviano wasn't on, so. That's where I have a, a, another big problem with is because this dude they hired just you know for the Milli Vanilli effect, and then now he's going to represent as a lead singer of Spanish Fly. What song did you record, bro? Mm. Well, I know that's that that's album. Not, I know lead, right? I know that that you album. Know, and then he disrespects, and then comes out with "Treasure of My Heart" again in 2019. Did he? I didn't know that. I didn't bro, know that. That song sounds so shitty, bro. It sounds so shitty. His vocals sound so shitty, bro. It's just it's it's like it's a disrespect to the the classic of of the track. You know what I'm saying? Right. So why he did that is political because that's what I'm trying to tell you. Because once you get blackballed, then what what I, when I they try to blackball me, they try to deceive all the fans. So to get me out of the picture so people would stop asking questions as to where's Lorenzo? Right. Because everybody was asking where's Lorenzo when I left. You know. Damn. You remember? <laughs> they they would get tomatoes thrown at them, bro, at shows in the beginning. Because they were singing my song and people knew that they were singing over Lorenzo's voice. 
and they would get, you know, uh, they would, I would get fans calling me and telling me, you need to go to this show. They're, they're singing your song, bro. Well, I, I, you know what? I'm going to tell you, I never saw them. I, I didn't like, didn't go see them. You know what I mean? Uh, when they would perform. I know that Octaviano came on after because, because uh, 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 Milo knew him. And that's how he came, he came into the picture. They knew each other. And he asked them and stuff, you know. And I was there when they were recording songs for that album. But the Hanergy cuts, I, I, you know, yeah, I don't, I'm not sure if he was. But I know he was doing a, a lot of the pop ones. Now, Octaviano, like I said before, is a phenomenal artist in his own right. He, but he, even, he will even say, I, w- I am not a lead singer. I, I, he's always been more of a, a guy in the back. But he always he's wanted it. You know, he's a cover band singer. Yeah, he, and he's great. I mean, bro, if you ever hear his harmonies, the guy's phenomenal. I mean, you know, the guy could do boys the men harmonies and stuff, but but to, to be like the strong up front guy, the front man guy, it, 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 yeah. I don't know anymore if he can. I mean, because but at, at that time, at that time in the nineties, you know, in the early nineties, right. his his vocal range didn't even it didn't even get there you, you, you know what i mean let, let me, it didn't match right it didn't match to it didn't match to the professionalism no. of the industry even my, oh, yeah. even even Milo's voice man um what was not he did not have a very strong voice it was you know it was more you know okay like now you got a lot of guys that are seen with the auto tune well back yeah. then they would dub your voice numerous times and and oh, he may God. say that's no, that didn't happen. But when I used to hear this guy sing live in front of me, and my voice is just really strong, you know. That's my vocals were real. I was singing R and B at the time, you know. So yeah. so when he would sing and he would try to sing like an R and B cut, it w- it was like, no, bro, just stick to what you're doing. You know what I mean? Like, just try to do the other stuff, you know. And uh, so he, he was another guy, but I mean, they pulled it off. I mean, they got to admit, they, they were able to get some, some, you know, some buzz because they did that commercial. Listen, bro. Right. Listen, they pulled it off under the, under the proviso and the direction of Galley. That's why, bro. Because Galley, he's a real musician and a real, you know, singer in terms of, because, you know, he, uh, we know, we know Galley's talent. So Galley at the time, bro, he was like the, the, uh, he was like the uh, the teacher. He's the, you know he was the mastermind behind it. You know, yeah, he was the yeah. mastermind behind. And, it. and then they had a, they had a great engineer, which was Armando, the owner of uh, of uh, After Dark Studios in San Francisco. Armando was a phenomenal engineer and also a producer. He was a phenomenal producer who he he was able to put in some of the instruments live and stuff. But so let me go back real quick. Let's go back. Real quick. So you run in it. You run into them. Um. Not before. Let's say after. Okay, now the, after now they took the image of Spanish flight. What was that like, man? How awkward was that? Bro, you don't want to know, bro. <laughs> if you really want to know, bro. I want to know, bro. By that, by that time, I started to get into hip-hop. Uh-huh. Let me tell you like this. I started to get back into hip-hop. Uh-huh. Because, again, not to, not to sound arrogant, but, bro, but my range is very wide in terms of you know, my, my, my artism, my, what I can do in terms of, of, of the style and genres, I can hit pretty much every genre you can think of. I mean, we're talking, we're talking house, you know, we're talking pop, we're talking rock, heavy metal, you know what I'm saying? Like I can do pretty much anything, um, with, with music. So, right. Um, at the time, at that time, dude, wait, what were we talking about? <laughs> I did it to you. <laughs> You're running into them. 
You find you ran into them second time. Oh my bad. So my bad. So what? So by the time I ran into them, I was like doing hip hop, but I was a gangster motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Right. I don't want my kids around, so I don't want. I'm I don't, I'm trying to keep my my cuss words to a minimal, but. I was gangster, bro. Right. I was like, you know, at that time, my mindset, my mindset was, and then I was, you know, like I told you what I got into, you know what I'm saying? Right. It's like my whole mindset was, had changed. Like I was thugging it. I was thugging. I had already knew, met Tupac. Like I was thugging it, bro. So the whole freestyle thing to me was like dead uh, already. This was already like 96. Uh, this is like 95, 96. You know what I'm saying? This this is uh, so wait you so you met Tupac. How did that go? First off, forget everything else. Now you just made me you made me out of stop, bro. Nah, bro. I'm not. I don't. I'm not trying to name drop. I'm no, no. But hey, you name dropped. You gotta let me know, man. Come on. Let's keep. I did that by accident. Let's keep this. Let's keep to the script. But uh, but I'll get into that later. But no. Nah, so so when I finally met up to them, I was already uh, um. Like I would sabotage their their shows. I would go to their shows and I would be right in the center, be at the show, looking at them. Like when you get off this motherfucker, I'm gonna fuck you up. That's how I was like. You know what I'm saying? Right. I'd be like, I can't, I can't wait. Come on, let's do this. And then I would have security spot me. Somebody would spot me from security or find out that I was there from the record company or the or the 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 group management or somebody would find out, and then they would get me before I could get to them, bro. Because I was always on a mission to fuck them up. Bum, bum. They weren't street guys. They, 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 weren't, they weren't street guys. I'll tell you that. You know what I mean? I mean, you know that too. They weren't street guys. That, oh, so you I know mean, you had to have them shook for a minute. There's a reason, there's a reason why they're from San Francisco, bro. I mean, there's a reason why. So, yeah, they're not, they're not street. But anyway, but yeah, you know, that's, that's what transpired, bro. I mean, come on, bro. I mean, I was, I was angry because of what they did to me, bro. Yeah. And, and Milo knew about it, you know, and Octavio now throw, throws it in my face instead of keeping it real and telling the fans, you know what, guys, I'm not really the real Spanish fly, guys. You know, I'm 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 Octaviano. That's my real name. I'm not even Aki Star. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. I mean, he does this whole thing, bro. You know, there's, there's a big ass, like a lot of information that I could just tell you as to, you know, how he has infiltrated the whole, my whole Spanish fly brand. You know, and it's, and it's, and he's got the whole freestyle community convinced that he's Spanish fly, dude, in terms of the, the upper guys, like the producers and, and right. some of the, you know, the guys that, the promoters that, that do the shows. So, yeah, but, but, bro. So, but, but you've come, you came out because this is how I found you. I, I was like going through, cause I, I, I started, uh, I started following George Lamont who, dude, I, I, I've loved George since the beginning. The guy, when he was at Footloose. Uh, he dropped his Battle of the Heart album. I saw the guy yeah. at the concert when he used to come down to Paradise Beach and perform on stage and stuff. And then Quarrel. I started following George and Quarrel on, on, on uh, Instagram. And then you know how it will tell you, like, oh, you may like to follow this person. Boom. You come. But, it, you know, like I said, I've always known you by Lorenzo or Ernie or just Spanish Flight. And it said Rocky. And I was like, wait a minute. I, why does this dude look so you know, familiar. And I clicked it and I'm like, oh, bro, this is Spanish fly. And that's when I had hit you up. Okay. So, so, so this is the confusion. So let me tell you. So Rocky, the reason why Rocky, how Rocky came into the picture uh, is because rewind after I had told you about, you know, I got into that, you know, the drug problem and stuff like that. Well, I ended up, you know, finding God again. That's, you know what I'm saying? 
But this time, like, I found him, like, I, I mean, I, I, I became humble. I became really humble. And what happened was is that when that happened, God showed me that my name, because my real name is Ernie Peter Ramos Jr. That's my real name. That's my government name. Okay? So Peter in, in, in Arabic is, or Hebrew is, uh, is rock. Okay. Cause that was the name that Peter, that, that Jesus changed, uh, you know, Simon to Peter, which is rock. Gotcha. So when that all, all transpired and I, and I went, started going to church and stuff like that, I just like, it clicked in my head, you know, and I started to do, um, Christian hip hop music oh. before I came back to the industry. This was like back in 2007, 2006. I started to just, you know, do uh, Christian hip hop music. So I went out as rock E and yeah. that's how I became rock. And then, you know, I just, I honestly, I'm not going to lie. I, I let go of all the Christian stuff in, in terms of like just the, my, my hip hop. Right. And so I, be, I, I started to go into deep into hip hop music with Rocky. Gotcha. And, and that was before I started to get back the awareness of Spanish Fly and all my, my fans started to get the, you know, to catch on. Oh, this is Spanish Fly. <laughs> right. Well, so that's what I was going to go into. So yeah. you're now, because uh, I've seen you, 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 you've been performing, right? Um, yeah. And then you've been going and, in, 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 you know, telling folks, hey, I'm the, I'm the real Spanish Fly. And I've seen you like uh, along the side of like Johnny O, uh, Stevie B. Uh, guys like that, you know, so did they immediately accept you? I mean, did you meet them before this all came around, before they kind of blackballed you or and, and they remembered you? Or did you have to like re revamp yourself to them to, to let them know, like, look, I'm the guy that actually recorded and did that song, Precious. Okay, so I'll answer that question. But before I do, I want to I want to make a specific real quick. Mm hmm. The word blackball does not in, does not identify me in the least. I'll just tell you like that. Because to me, blackball blackball is a frame of mind when you're insecure about yourself. Right. You can either you can either accept what people talk shit about you and do to you, you or you can you can be secure about yourself and know who you are and say that shit ain't gonna affect me because I know how to reinvent myself. You feel right. me? I, I I'm I'm I I'm timeless in that. In that manner, my soul, my spirit is timeless in that manner. My identity is ti is timeless in that manner. So right. blackballing doesn't affect me in the least because I got so much within me that the world I can offer the world. If that's the case, that I can come out with content whenever I want, my brother. You right. know what I'm saying? I can be at anything at any time and transform into anything at any time whenever right. I want. Well, I'm just so saying because it, it, I'm blessed with that right. gift. Absolutely. What I'm saying is that, like you were saying, they were trying to defame you. They were so, trying to arrest yeah, so, you from the from the from the, the surface of the earth. So yeah. here you are. So, so let's go into that. Go ahead. You're right. No. So so with that said, mm -hmm. so with that said, going into when I finally started to uh, you know reconnect with Stevie B and 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 uh, you know. And 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 uh, uh, Johnny O and all the all the great Lisa Lisa and I started to reconnect. They were thrown off because of the defamation of character, right? Because when I was doing my hip hop, and this other guy Octaviano started to come in and to try to ride off my coattails again and to reclaim Spanish Fly again, they got thrown off. The bigger guys, the big wigs, right. the you know, the celebrities, they got thrown off. They're like the legends. 
Didn't I just see, yeah, the legend. Didn't I just see Rocky? Didn't I just see Lorenzo back in the day here doing that? That face looks familiar. See, that's what happened is that the awareness, the, uh, the, the relevancy started to, you know, go on like with the salt on that other guy, the right. fake Spanish fly. So that's what ended up happening. So then when I came in, I said, oh, this is my shit, bro. I'm Simba. You know? <laughs> yeah. I'm fucking Simba. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm yeah. the Lion King. I am the Lion King. You know, Simba, it is time. Go back and take what's yours. So when I started to do that, then they started to realize and recognize, and then the greats realized, it's not a black ball situation. This guy's the real deal. This right. guy's, this is rock. This is the original, the real and true Spanish fly. Did you have to, let me I'm ask you this. Let's, 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 just walk me through this really quick. Yeah. So here you are. They're looking at you. They're like, I'm, I'm pretty sure they looked at you in the beginning. Like, who? Like, who the fuck are you, who are you saying? Because think about this. There's been some times where there's been people that, that have tried to take the image of another high energy singer because I would see, uh, uh, um, God, what was the name of the guy? Uh, Frankie something. He would, um, Frank J? No. Yeah, no, not Frank J. Uh, was, I, I, he's on Instagram. He's, he used to be from Ann Moore. He was a singer from, um, Ann Moore. I don't know if you remember that group. Uh, Material oh, Girl. Yeah. You remember uh, that? Material Yeah, but Girl. I forgot his name. I forgot his name. Okay. And, and he would out people, uh, uh, um, you know, that were trying to portray an artist. So here you are. And you go up to Stevie B. Did you have a, like? Did you feel like the need you had to show him proof to convince him, or was this like a short couple of minutes? And they were like, "Oh yeah, I do remember you." Okay, so that's a very enough, dude. I love your questions. You're the you're one of the best interviewers that I've that I've had <laughs> to do with. Um, really, um, yeah. So what it was is that nah, listen. So what happened is that see when you don't know who you are, bro. Right then you're going to have problems in life and you're going to, you're going to go through these struggles where, where, when the situation comes up where it's time for you to take what's yours or it's time for you to, 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 to deal with it, then you can have problems. But the great thing about my life is, is, is that I've always known who I was, even when I was going through it, I still knew who I was and, and my confidence would build and build and build until until it'd be like, like, bro, like, like, you don't got to tell me I'm the man. Right. You know, I know I'm the man. You know what I'm saying? In terms of like that, in, in that respect, in that regard, it's like, so when I go up to meet my people, my colleagues in the business, I look at them with a certain eye that they know that if they don't know who I am, they, they are looking at somebody that they know that they, they, they got to remember and recognize that I'm somebody. So it puts a question in the back of their mind. Who is this guy? I know who this guy is. Right. So then they go back and they do their homework. And what happened, what happens is, is that like when I recon reconnected with Stevie B, he's like, Rocky, Rocky Ramos, right? Because uh, I would be on, on, on my space and I would, Hit up, hit him up. Yo, uh, Stevie, I got some, I got some music for you, you know, yeah. or, or, uh, um, Johnny, oh, what's up, bro? It's Rocky. You know, I hit him up. Like I already know them because I do. And they know me. So it's like, I'm not coming at them. Like, I don't know them like some idiot. So when they, when I come at them, they give me that respect because then they're going to go back after we meet and be like, 
you know what? I need a, who was that guy? Cause I know that guy from somewhere. So they do their homework and then the word starts getting around. Hey, that's Rocky. Yeah. You know, Rocky, Rocky, who that's Spanish fly. I got that other guy. No, that's the fake Spanish fly. No, yeah, Rocky. That's the real Spanish fly. He's, he's precious, you know? So that's, right. that's how that, that's how that goes down. So, yeah. You know, I, I see Crazy. a lot of these guys um, getting together, especially in New York. You know, I see like Cynthia and Coral, even George Lamont. Um, they all show up at one spot in a basement. I think it's a basement area, like in the studio of that guy, Frankie. I can't remember his freaking last name, dude. But he's on the, he's on, I have him on Instagram and he, uh, oh no, not Instagram, it's Facebook. I have him on Facebook and he, and he has like a regular show where he's just playing nothing but, uh, you know, high energy music, uh, freestyle music, and he's having all these arts. Have you, have you, like, has any of the East Coast guys reached out to you and said, hey, Rocky, come through, come down, and it, let's perform? Yes, bro. Yeah, I didn't, see, I didn't get into that part, but um, there was a period in 2011, no, 2009, take it back, uh -huh. in 2009, when Facebook started to become real popular, it was 2000, between 2008 and 2009, um, um, I was already, like, you know, doing good, um, I, you know, that drug thing was gone, long gone. I was already like, you know, pretty, uh, doing good in my church. And, and I just, I was doing good as an artist. And, uh, um, I started to reconnect with all these other, uh, East coast artists that actually knew who I was. And so that started to create a buzz. And so I started to go back on tour. So I ended up in New York and I met a lot of, you know, I, I ended up meeting, uh, um, you know, just people you can, you can you can uh, recognize today, you know Tony Garcia, you oh. know, um, uh, uh, yeah, uh, um, man, I can't even think right on my head. But people, uh, uh, Julio Mana, like all these guys that are on the East Coast that I I reconvened with, I reconnected with. So then I started to that's where I, I started to build up again, and then that's when in 2012 when the Southern Clown comes back. So. Damn. Yeah, and start, you know, starts to. Oh my God, Rocky's he's he's telling everybody the truth, and so that's what ended up happening. Remember when the realness was something that you, that you frowned upon in in on right. Facebook? Try to be real. People were like frowning upon you being real. They took it as 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 disrespectful. They were trying to you know use the defamation of character to get you. So, um, what's his name that has that? Uh, uh, What's his name's husband? Angel from uh, the Cover Girls, uh, Latif. Oh yeah, he had that uh -huh. he had that. He started that uh, freestyle for phonies in 2012. That's that's, that's after, where I saw it. Yes, that's where I yeah, saw after that. I came, after I came back from New York, then I started to go on there and started to tell people more because I wanted you know to continue to reclaim my fame. Well, um, they 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 started to try to shut me down because I was telling the truth. And they didn't, they couldn't get that. They couldn't understand that. Right. So, so a I, lot of people were saying, no, Rocky, you're the fake Spanish. No, no, because it's because of the other guy. So like, it, that's when all that was like, it was, it was a, a, a struggle back then. Right. See, now it's not a struggle because now it, it's, you look down, you look, you frown upon not being real, not telling the truth. So the truth will always set you free. The truth will always come to the light, my brother. <laughs> so just a few like a few more uh, 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 I got you know actually I got like two more questions for you so how right. at Kia Star reach I mean because this is going on 
and you're now coming out and you're like, look, this is the real story. This is what happened. I'm the I'm the real Spanish fly. You gotta be a fucking thorn to his foot, right? You you gotta be. You gotta be like that. Like, oh my god, this guy, this nightmare just won't go away. Has he Octaviano, which he's changed his name to Akia Star, has he reached out to you? Like, hey man, can you back off or or can we work something out? Has any of that can you know come along your way yet or no? That's a good another good another brilliant question question, my brother. So basically what it was is that I, I tried to reach out to him because I knew that he was too cowardly. To, to, to do it because he was always taught to hide the truth. So for his own benefit, see, I mean, I know you're his friend, he's your friend and stuff. So, so you're not going to bash him or talk bad about him. And I don't expect you to, right. but on my end, I have a different, you know, a different relation. Yeah. You have a different perspective. I got, I got, I got to be real. So, but he's an opportunist, you know, opportunists, right? Right. When things for their own benefit, they have to try to, uh, twist and try to manipulate and try to form something in order to continue the 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 uh the the narrative so to right. speak and so that's what he tried to do you know try to keep that narrative that he's spanish well, he, he's, i don't want to lose I, my, think I don't want to lose my fans i think i think where he's at is that he's trying to protect his his income right because this has been his bread and butter you know what I mean? Like this is what's been paying his bills and getting him through the years and and whatnot. You know, you know what I mean? So so oh, oh and that's another reason why my name is, is Rocky, bro, because I'm gonna tell you, you hit it, you hit it, you hit a nerve with me right there. I have to I have to interrupt you. Go ahead. I have to interject. Because see, that's the difference between a guy like him and a guy like me in the music industry. Let me tell you. Mm -hmm. You have those that are famous and those that are infamous. And this is the deal. The infamous guys like me, we're the guys that don't rely on this because we know that monetary gain is temporary. We understand the the weakness of monetary of monetary gain where they are are deceived by it and 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 see it in a different way. They rely on it. They that's all that they you know they base their whole future off of it. Right. See, I'm different. This is what the fuck I you know this is this is how I roll bro right and when I say this I don't mean physically right I mean this with my character with right. my identity I'm secure with who I am right I'm so secure with, yeah I'm so secure exactly bro I'm so secure with who I am that I know dude that my business could fail tomorrow and I create another business I'll become successful uh, you know another day you feel me so for me i don't i don't sweat it bro i don't sweat things like that because this will get you caught up and that's why you're right you hit it on the head that's the, the difference and the reason why i have a cop he has a conflict with me right telling the truth so you reach out to him and then what does he never he doesn't respond or 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 is it like is it like short and like get away like okay oh yeah i i see you but i don't really see you type of deal so I'm gonna tell you like this. It's like this is. It's I, and I say it like this. It's like the gangster who has to go to court and tell the the judge. Whoa, whoa! Almost fell. Who tell? Who has to tell the judge that uh, you know expose the truth about the murderers that they committed. The you know the crimes that they committed. They have to cover it up. So what it is is that he was taught to. Not ex in order for the the, the truth to to kind of like like don't let nobody know everything and the the real the real deal. Mm -hmm. 
him and John Lopez, in order to cover up, to keep this cover up, you know, safe with them, they he had actually gave Milo the sense that he could copyright the name Spanish Fly, and so that's what Milo went and did. He went and uh, uh, went and tried to get. He went and got the the copyright for it. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So he see again. See to a guy like him, he thinks that is gonna stop me, but that don't stop me, bro. Because for me, I've always been successful with word of mouth. I've always been successful with in my business with for word of mouth, my music word of mouth. Everything's been word of mouth with with, right. with Rocky, with Renzo, with Spanish Fly. So you can you you could try to stop me, but you, you can't. You can't stop me, even if you did I, I, patent the name. I gotta tell you this though, <laughs> hey, and 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 if I'm in, okay, if I'm in his mind. If I'm him, if I'm a Kia star, okay, uh, Octaviano, and I'm going to deal with a guy. Think about this, okay? You got this fucking nutcase out there standing out in the crowd, bro, okay? <laughs> Staring me down, wants to kick my ass, and then still coming at me. I'd be, I'd be scared out of my freaking mind. You don't think that's where he's at? Like, he's freaked out of his mind. That, because let me tell you this. If nobody's ever met you personally... I mean, you're a big guy. You're not a little Mexicano. You're not a small, like the average little Mexican 5'2", five, 5'3". Five, you're like what? what? How tall are you, bro? You're like 5'9", five, 5'10", five, or some shit? No, I'm six foot. That, there you go. I rest my case. <laughs> I rest my case, bro. You know, but no. I mean, I could, I could really, because I know, like I said, I've known Octaviano for years. I haven't talked to him in years, though. I mean, be honest with I mean, I lost, we lost out of touch. Um, after my recording days of me, you know, uh, at that time I was a struggling artist as well, you know, uh, but we, we would talk here and there, uh, through social media, like Facebook and I would ask him about Amando, blah, blah, blah. But knowing him back then, I would know like he's not a fighter. He's not a street guy. Um, I, I, I could just see his, I could just see his mind frame. Like, dude, this guy's going to kill me. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, I could say it like this. Yeah. Um, I mean, again, like I'm not telling you to knock them, but I mean, I'm 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 a realist and I expose the truth. And 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 with that said, I mean, you could say that that that's true in the sense because how why would anybody you know try to alter their body to try to make it look like they're buffed and get shoulder implants? Mm. Why, you know, to try to make them look like they're 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 more buffer than they actually are. Yeah. Why would why would you get why would you get uh, 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 plastic surgery on your arms, on your uh, on your on your shoulders? Oh wow! Why would you do that? that? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know you I did. Got, see, see, my shoulders are huge, bro. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell you right now. But you know the way the camera works, it can make you look small or or big. Right. But if you were with me in, in real time, like I could see you got a wide body frame as well. Like my my. My shoulders are wide. They're big. Oh, right. And so it's like, even though I got diabetes and, and, and it's weighed, it, it's sucked up a, a lot of the juice of my, of my muscles. Right. But I still have, my bones are big. So right. they're naturally look big no matter what. Yeah. So well, you've but, always been a big uh, guy. That, that I remember, you know what I mean? I, I I'm like, yeah, I'm five nine. So I've always remember I had to like look up at you and, and, and you know, right. that I know the figure of you is a big guy. That's what I'm saying. Octaviano's a small guy. He's a little guy. You know? yeah. Even even uh, uh, Milo, he was not. He was tall, but he was not this over like uh, bearing guy. And and in going back to where we come from, because we come from the same spots, you know. Uh, and I knew in, in you know we're both we were both street kids. 
I was I was equally as aggressive as you were. And I know that 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 if I was not from that side of the corner and I saw some guy that looked that was upset about what was going on and was showing up to sabotage my shows and then and then you think it's over like okay the nightmare's over it's done and all of a sudden you creep right back in like hey you remember me fucker that would scare the shit out of me. <laughs> that, would, that would put me right there. I'd be like, oh, man, like, damn, this guy's not going anywhere. But let me let me ask you this. What happened? With, did, you ever, did you ever get a chance to speak to John Lopez uh, after all these years have passed? Have you guys ever uh, came across and, and exchanged any words or, or any, uh, you know, any, any conclusion to what happened between you two? Well, I'll tell you like this is that. My awareness started to become more alive as the years progressed. So as I got older, I started to become more wiser, more intellectual, more, you know, just my mind started to open up and and all these things, uh, uh, the way I would conduct myself and the way I would talk, it just, it's different. So, but with John Lopez, you know, he's not going to understand that because, you know, he sees me as someone he got over on. And you know how it is, is that when you're in a position when somebody feels like they got over on you, they feel like they're still better than you. They feel like they're still, they got something on you. Well, he's still, so stuck, at the time, he's still stuck at that time when you were a kid. Exactly, bro. You know, but he don't know me. You know, I'm, I, I mean, I could transform into a chameleon, but I'm not doing that because the simple fact is that I got children that I love with all my heart. And those are the, those are the kids and my family that, you know what I'm saying? Those are the those are the people that I love that keep me grounded. Calm the fuck down, bro. <laughs> it is true. Because let me tell you, bro. I mean, I've gotten into situations where I've expressed that I, what I was going to do. Right. No, dad. Don't go there, dad. Don't go there. Don't do this, dad. Because if you do that, we're going to lose you forever. Right. Bro, I, I, I know how to be behind you and you not know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's how I roll, bro. You know that. You know how we how we do in San Jose, how we, what we came from. Oh yeah, oh yeah, brother. All right, let's let's go. What what is what is Rocky up to, man? Um, I, obviously, I see the studio behind you. I know you're still doing music. I hear it. I see it on your Instagram. Which everybody, you guys can follow him at the Real Spanish Fly on Instagram. It's written on there underneath uh, the video. Um, you know, fill, fill us in, man. What 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 do we expect from you uh, coming this year or, or the following year? What are we gonna get? My bad, my bad. Um, so you know what? I've been releasing music. I've been releasing freestyle music, but I'm gonna keep it real with you. It's like I've got so much going on in the background that, and with my children, you know, in my family, it's just so hard to concentrate and focus solely on music. Right? You know what I'm saying? So, like I was saying, back in, in 2012, I started to educate myself in terms of my craft um, on a, on a techno, technological level. Mm-hmm. So, um, like, I'm, I'm my own engineer now. So, I can, oh, wow. I'm pretty much a master at, at pretty much every, every uh, uh, department of music, in, right. in, except the promotional part. I'm still, like, that's where, that's where it's hard for me, bro, uh, because I come from the old school. Right. So for me being me being from the the record company uh, uh, days, it's like I'm still kind of spoiled in that aspect where I expect to be 
you know, I, I don't, it's hard for me to just promote myself. So right. I put out the music, but I, but I can't get it out there the way that I want to. And then too, you know, um, financially it, it, it it's, it, it's a game. It's a right. game because you could put money into something one day and then the next you got to put more into it and keep pouring into it, keep pouring into right. it. So I've been putting out music, but, um, but it's freestyle, bro. So, I mean, I can do all kinds of types of music, but I feel like I'm not going to ever hit the target until I, uh, until I do what I'm, you know, was born to do. And that's mainstream music to be real with you. Right. But, but I'm still locked into freestyle because dude, I love it. We all love it. Yeah. Dude, there's no music like free, freestyle. No, there's no music. No. In fact, look at, I'm working on this track right now. You know what I like about this track, bro? I'm gonna tell you yeah. straight up. You get the body of the style of, of music for it, of, of, of freestyle. You didn't try to change it. You're not trying to make it like a new freestyle. Like I've heard these new freestyle songs, and they don't even match that. This embodies the, the era of what freestyle music really was. Great stuff, bro. Say that again. Uh, the last part because. Because it was loud. I said, you embodied the er That track right there embodied the error of freestyle. You know, like I could hear that from back in the days to today, and it's still a jam. You know, it's still a song that I would still tune in and listen to. You know, whereas I see a lot of guys trying to do new freestyle, but they're trying to do it like a different way, and the sound just doesn't match. It's not like it's not pulling you in. This pulls you in. Like, you don't even need the lyrics. The beat itself got you going like, oh, this is going to be a banger. This is going to be. Thank you, my be. brother. Yeah. Bro. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, that, that's for sure. You know what? I, I was actually working on this for a, a, another artist to work with. Um, I'm not sure if you know who Shy is. Do you know who Shy, uh, Jay Castillo? He has a song called Forever. He just, he just released it. He has some other good music. Actually, he I was. Haven't, uh, I haven't, no, I, I don't. Yeah, he's, still, uh -huh. he's an old, another old school uh, freestyle artist from back in the day. Uh -huh. uh, work with. Uh, uh, um, um, what's his name? Um, man, I can't. Not oh, Tito Puente Jr. He's worked with like, oh, a bunch of different. Yeah. yeah uh, anyway, um, I was gonna, you know, work on this with him. See if he wanted to, you know, maybe write something to it. And right. dude, I'm always constantly sending other artists, you know, music too as well. So, hey, who knows? We'll see, man. We'll see what happens. Well, ben, it's been a pleasure, bro, speaking to you, man. I mean, I want to thank you for taking all this time that we, we're being on here on this interview, uh, you know, going back, revisiting, you know, uh, your dark times to your better times. And it looks like you're doing <laughs> phenomenal, man. You know, I want to wish you all the luck in the world. Uh, anybody wants to go back and, and, and follow, follow, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Rocky here from uh, at his Instagram. Uh, how you know? Uh, be sure you download his music, man. You're on you're on iTunes, right? Or is it what? What, what SoundCloud? Yeah, so yeah, I'm on iTunes. Yeah. I'm on iTunes. I got a, a song called Princess as well. You can find uh, Precious Princess. You know, I have a, another song. Uh, 
uh, out there. I have a I have a, a whole volume actually with Spanish Fly. So you guys can, if you look up Spanish Fly, if you look up Rocky Ramos, you'll find my music out there. It's just you know, and I'm always updating. Um, if you're on Facebook, cause I'm I'm on Facebook a lot. So uh, my my face my Facebook page is the Real Spanish Fly. Uh, the Real Spanish Fly. That's it. There you go. On, there on you Facebook. Go. Well, man, like I said, brother, it was a pleasure and everything, bro. And uh, I look forward to hearing the rest. I, dude, as soon as you're done with that track, whatever you do with it, send it to me. I want to I be able to bump it in the, in the car too, man. You know? <laughs> cool, brother. I appreciate that very much. All right, man. And thank you for, thank you for having me. I want to say something real quick. I know that your, uh, your network, or, or I want to say uh, your uh, platform, was built mainly for, um, for, for the UFC. Is that what it is? Yeah, for boxing, boxing, right? Boxing, yeah. Yes, for boxing. Uh, my bad. So I want to let people that are going to listen to this to check you out as well, bro. Can you can you go ahead and, and, and state what it is? Oh, it's leaving in the ring. You know, I mean, this is going to go up on, on our network and all that. And, you know, this is something. Let me tell you this. I'm, I'm, I'm known in the boxing circuit as, you know, 97 Rough Dave Duenas, uh, the boxing top guy, okay? Uh, but I, I always... You know, never really, I, I mean, I'll, I'll dab a little bit about my other interests. A lot of folks don't know this about me, man. They don't know, they just know me as a guy that loves boxing, talks boxing, interviews a bunch of fighters. But they really didn't know that I used to be a recording artist. Um, I, you know, I was a guy that was trying to get my music out. Uh, I, you know, I got into raw deals as well as you did. Um, you know, but I wanted to be able to venture out this, this year and doing interviews of things that I found very interesting. And I knew that your story as Spanish fly, Ernie Lorenzo Ramos was a very, you know, Rocky, it was very interesting. And it was a story that really needed to be out there. Now I never claimed to be a journalist. I always just claim as a guy that likes to bring out stories that nobody's really touching on or talking about. And I thought yours was one of those that needed to be out in the front that people get a chance to really see not just the glory of what you've done, not, not just the, the legacy that you left with the song Precious and what you continue to do, but how you got there and, 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 and what happened, you know, you know, and throughout your career and your life, man. And I, I'm glad, bro, that, that you shared that with us. I'm glad that you shared it with me and that you were so open and willing to do that, man, because, uh, you know, it, it's, I'm going to end up listening to this interview numerous times, and I hope all my listeners, too, listen to this interview numerous times and stuff, man, because there was a lot of gems that you dropped. For people that do want to, if they do want to get into the business of music or anything, they they can go back and listen to you, what you went through and, and, and know what not to do, what to look out for uh, before they start putting that ink on a piece of paper, right? That's right, brother. That's right. Hey, look out. Look, put it this way. Keep me in a in 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 a you know a special prayer because I'm gonna tell you why. Because one of my things is that I've been wanting to make a freestyle movie for since I was in the business in the beginning. Okay, but now more so than ever. And I want to I've always wanted to tell my story on the big screen. I've actually looked into it with some Hollywood, um, some you know Hollywood execs. Mm -hmm. So and to also to bring awareness to freestyle in the mainstream arena so that was one of my things bro so keep me in that prayer because i'm still wanting to tell my story in that arena hey and you, <laughs> and you can do it man if galley was able to release a movie about his life which was in love with a church girl bro you, you can yes <laughs> you can yes, i remember yes he did he did a good job too yeah. yep all right brother uh, 
here we are, man. Again, uh, thanks for everybody that's tuning in. Uh, you know, Rocky, the real Spanish fly, but let's take out the real. He's this Spanish fly. Yes, sir. Thanks, everybody. I appreciate it. Much love. Much love, my brother. Thank you.